Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. Well, you got, uh, what, 400 models hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> it's a lot of foam insulation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had enough foam up there, it's lady. <laughs> and Nerf airplanes. <laughs> All right, let's get started here. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Andy. Hey, guys. And we have first time on the show. Welcome, George Baker. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going? Doing great. So, Kevin's feeling pretty sick today, so he couldn't make it today. Um, So, we'll have to truck on without him. This is episode number 163, Tired Iron Aviation with George Baker. All right. Yeah. All right. So, let's catch up with everyone's week. Uh, Yeah. Andy, you want to go first? Yes. Oh, it looks like you did a lot. I've done absolutely nothing (laughs) RC related. How is that possible? How is that possible? I was going to the farm show last week for Mm -hmm. three days, and then I had to work a lot Saturday to catch up from being gone for three days. And then it poured rain all day Sunday, so I just really haven't done anything. I haven't even fired up the sim, which... I guess I could be doing that, but I'm too lazy. So I've done mm. nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Not, not one turn of a wrench. No. Not, nothing. No. Not no. one drop of glue. No. No. Damn. Didn't even think about doing anything. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> am I going to get fired? Oh, you have one strike right now. So let's see. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> now we all had those weeks. So no worries. Yeah. All right, I guess I'll go then. Yeah, tell me what you've been up to. <laughs> uh, so, so I can't believe Kevin and I both forgot to mention this last episode. But we got Kevin's uh, glow going. That was our Christmas gift to Kevin, right, Andy? We finally yes. got that in, and um, we started doing the build on Friday. So we went on Facebook Live. We did about two hours, and we're building the, the Mikado helicopter. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I took apart his uh, 91, his OS 91 from his T-Rex 700 and noticed that Mm -hmm. the engine's blown. (laughs) He had bad rear bearing, front bearing. There's surface rust on the crankshaft. Uh, His his rod was the only thing that actually looked pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) And the piston, uh, the piston looked okay. I mean, it did have a little bit of marking on it. um, But his ring... His yeah. actually, well, his piston looked okay, but after further investigation, his ring cracked, and we're like, "What's going on with the ring?" And it, and I thought it was cracked, but it wasn't. It spun. Okay. So the pin is gone. Yeah, the pin either sheared or got pushed in. Mm. So yeah, it's basically it spun the ring, and the ring was chipped where you know how the the two parts kind of mate together, like the right. ring, the opening right. mates together to cover the pin. That kind of, you know, got shredded up. Probably hung on a port or something if it spun around. Yeah, so when I looked at it from the outside, I I saw the ring, the opening of the ring through the exhaust port, which is way out of line. It's, you know, supposed to be facing like the front of the motor or whatever. So, yeah, so that's, so I know Kevin ordered those parts for that. Beyond that, I flew on Sunday and I decided to leave the 700 electric at home. You know, every time I go flying, it's like I fly my Goblin 500, then I fly mm-hmm. the electric, you know, 700 electric because I have four battery packs. So I want to use those packs that I charged up. Um, and then, like, I usually only have time for, like, one flight on a Nitro. And, and I, you know, I really like flying a Nitro. Uh-huh. So 
So this weekend, I just basically said, screw it. I'm going to leave the 700 electric at home. I'm going to bring my Goblin 500 to warm up on. And then I'm going to go straight into the Nitro. And I got probably about like four or five flights in on the Nitro. Okay, cool. And I got to say, man, like the first flight, was just like, uh, what am I doing? I forgot. Like, <laughs> I usually only put one <laughs> flight in. I don't really, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but by the third flight, I was just ripping it. I was just, yeah. I didn't care. Like, I was sending in, having fun. I was doing half pure flips, I don't know, under 10 feet. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe like it would pop up. Like, I would initiate it under 10 feet and, you know, it would pop up maybe about 10, 12, 15 feet and then come down and I'll scoop it right at the, the bottom, probably about three or four feet off the ground. So I was kind of, I'm doing air quotes right now, kind of flying on the deck. It was yeah. pretty exhilarating and nerve-wracking to fly such a big you know big helicopter so close to the ground but it was fun it was fun um the other thing i was practicing doing is with the goblin 500 since you know if i crash that it's not that big of a worry is um half pure takeoffs so where you're just sitting on the ground you just do and spool up and just do a half pure flip right off the ground Um, okay yeah that's a little scary too yeah (laughs) you know I didn't try with the the nitro. I didn't try with the seven hundred, but with the five hundred, I was like, you know, if I throw it in, whatever, it's like a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, who cares? So, um, but yeah, I had a great day flying. We had a group, great group of guys. You know, the usual suspects were out there, and um, cool. I did get a chance to fly the Tortuga just a tad, and <laughs> it's not like I wanted to, but. You know, Rob McClellan, he has the uh, SAB Avio Tortuga, right? That mm-hmm. screaming plane. And basically, he was like, you know, can someone hand launch this for me? And I'm like, ah, dude, I'm fucking weak. I can't throw. I can't. I can barely throw a baseball or a football. I can't. I'm not going to throw that plane. Because you got to throw it really, <laughs> really, really hard. You have to throw it like, like your life depended on it, right? Uh-huh. To get it up in the air enough time to get enough airspeed to spool up the motor and, throw and take off. Throw it like off. you're going to spear a deer. Yeah, yeah, basically, like, you know, you're, you're javelin, like, you're long dart, like, really, really throwing it hard. And I call it our throwing, throw it like you're mad at it. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. So we had our friend Mike um, try to throw it, and, dude, twice, it would go, like, one or two feet in the air and just straight long dart into the ground. Ugh. And I could not believe that the nose held up. Uh-huh. Like, it had a little scuff mark. Like the paint, but it's fiberglass, and it just it dug in three inches, and he pulled it right out. No damage to the nose. I couldn't believe it. So <laughs> Rob was like, "Okay, hold my beer. I'll show you how it's done." <laughs> he gives me the transmitter, and I'm like, "Uh, okay." And he's like, "Soon as like, soon as I throw it, full throttle and give a little up elevator and take off." Uh-huh. I'm like, "Okay." I don't want to crash your plane, dude. <laughs> He's like, you got one. You're going to have to learn to do this regardless. So I was like, all right, whatever. Let's do it then. And he chucks it. I mean, uh-huh. Rob's, Rob's shorter than I am, but damn, yeah. this guy could throw a He's freaking stout, plane. Though. He is. He is, yeah. you know. And he chucks it, and it goes like 20 feet out, 10 feet up in the air. <laughs> you know, it goes. And I'm just like, what? You know, you just full throttle. That, that little 5x5 five five prop is screaming. And I take off straight up into the air, like almost at an 80 degree, like just straight vert, straight up. And then I, you know, I start banking and, and then I hand him the transmitter. So uh-huh. he's like, dude, that was one of the hardest parts is to take off. So you got that. Yeah. Now you got to find someone to throw it, though. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, he's just going to, I'm going to have Rob throw mine when I'm ready to fly mine. 
So I, I always got someone that can throw it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you know what sucks is like we watched Bert's video with the launcher, the little uh-huh. PVC uh, bungee cord launcher, the high start, and it's like every time it goes up, it's good, it's good. Uh-huh. We've probably launched his around, give or take, like maybe about eight or nine times throughout the different weekends. And uh-huh. out of those eight or nine times, we've only had two successful launches. And there were really? like inches off the ground before he just had enough airspeed to take off. Are you so, using less bungee cord no, or something? No. What, I wonder what's... I don't know. I don't know if he's using the right... stretching maybe, it far enough or something? No, we, we take that bungee cord and stretch it to it doesn't stretch no more. So it's at huh. full tension. So I don't know. Maybe it could be the wrong bungee cord. He did put... um. What is that? The... I guess it's the is it the hook side? No, no, the uh, the soft side of Velcro on top of the launcher, so it could kind of use it as like a a glide. Yeah, and I don't know, maybe that's causing too much friction and. Nah, it shouldn't. I mean, it shouldn't. that bungee cord soft. should shoot that thing off like three hundred feet. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's what we thought, but it, it would huh. shoot it out maybe about I don't know twenty feet, but it would be like three feet off the ground. It just doesn't have enough like you know yeah. room before it hits the ground and and every time breaking props breaking props you know because it's a pusher so right. and it's not like a folding prop or anything so it, it instantly snaps all the time hmm. but anyways we did get in the air and you know at this point we're like abandoning the the, the launcher we're yeah just gonna we're just well, gonna hand launch like, it yeah just put rob will just have to throw everyone's yeah yeah so. pretty much <laughs> i want to see if we can discus launch it you know, because you can really grab onto the wing. It's, well, it's fiberglass. You no, know, I asked you about that before. If you could, because uh, you can get a lot of speed doing that. Because yeah, you know, I can throw a. Di- of course, it's a whole different thing. It's lighter, but I can easily throw a discus launch glider, a hundred, hundred twenty feet in the air. Yeah. So think about even getting so, half of that. I mean, it does weigh a lot. Yeah. If you just got it thirty feet in the air, though, with a little bit of speed to it, it would work. That would be perfect. Know? Yeah. So I'm curious. I. I the only yeah. problem is you're going to have to try it, and if it goes bad, it, it might go really bad. I mean, I've seen this thing hit the <laughs> dirt so many times. I'm yeah. talking about upside down, inverted, like nose in, just ripping the vertical, sta- you know, vertical um, stabilizers yeah. right off. Like, I mean, it's actually a pretty strong plane. Pretty tough. Um, yeah, it's really tough. Like, I haven't seen any of the fiberglass break. Yeah, you get your paint, you know scratches and stuff from the grass and well, i don't know it's not really grass we got in our field right now but you know whatever that crap is and you know it just holds up you know he he has to add a little glue here and there to fix the vertical stabilizer or you know the battery mount tray inside kind of cracked a little and it's just at the glue not at the fiberglass but just at the glue mark mm-hmm. you know to glue it back together and, and but everything holds up really well so i find a lot of times when i'm hand launching anything usually about half throttle is plenty because you think about it, when you throw that thing, you've got maybe a second to get your hand back on the elevator. If mm-hmm. you're, you know, holding the radio too. And I find that if you throw it with just a little bit of enough angle, not more really straight out than up at, at about half throttle, you have plenty of time to get on your elevator and then ease into your throttle more. Usually it works pretty good. I think the problem with this plane is that it weighs too much. It weighs a lot. It's it uses like a three thousand success pack, and and really mm. that weighs that's probably most of the weight. But I would say, 
I don't know how much it actually weighs. I should weigh mine, but it's it's not a light plane at all. So yeah. the rate of descent is very quick when you throw it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. And, you're, and you really have no control until until it's going, you know, fairly fast, basically. Yeah. The way it's, of course, that's the same with a with a ducted fan, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a ducted fan, but. It's just it's just such a heavy plane and like it's it's the wing you know the wing is pretty short it's it's a thick cord but it's pretty short wing so yeah. I don't know just the overall design it doesn't seem like it likes anything less than forty mile per hour um, <laughs> around forty mile per hour it looks like it's about to tip stall okay so here's the next way to launch it just put a long line under your helicopter. With a, <laughs> Someone with a said, "Why don't you just drop it off a heli?" Yeah, yeah, raise it up about 150 feet yeah. and release it. Yeah, just, just release it and that down with force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should Perfect. try that. Let's let's figure out a a way to uh, hook that up. Yeah, we need a, a you know like a 10, 12 foot cord with a servo release on it, like yeah. they do with the helicopters where they do lifting stuff, mm-hmm. logs and cranes and whatnot. Yep, so yep. That, that would make a great video. That would, would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? I think so. Yeah, we should we should figure a way to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. Let's do it. I mean, I'll take my I'll take one of my hollies. I don't care. We'll figure yeah. out how to rig it up. Sweet. All right. Uh, let's see, George. How was your? I don't know. Last couple of weeks or so been wet. Yeah, it's been really really wet. Yeah, it's well, been raining a lot down you, there. You haven't huh? got rain up there, have you? I mean, it's dry as a bone here. <laughs> yeah i was just through your part of the country uh yesterday <laughs> and it was like i don't remember a lake being there yeah <laughs> crazy hey funny thing about that over here off the side of the river there was uh, uh two beavers that i think got drowned and washed up so it's basically rained enough to drown a beaver oh yeah. boy that's sad <laughs> yeah <Damn>. yeah, <laughs> yeah crazy. i've been uh <laughs> I've been working on a, a neat jet. It's new to me. I found a old fly fly F one hundred ninety millimeter, new in the box. Had the oh, fan, wow. everything. I mean, pretty ancient stuff. The retracts were unbelievable, and uh, like the control hinges for the elevators and stuff. I just I couldn't believe that that people used stuff like that back then. But so but how the old few, is old? It's about seven or eight years old, I would think. Uh-huh. Okay. But uh, fuselage is a really good-looking plane. I've put all new free-wing parts in it and uh-huh. free, free-wing free 90-millimeter uh, fan and stuff in it and nice. printed some 3D parts out for it. And it's it's turned out really good. I, I'm going to fly it, I think, before I start painting on it. But I think it'll be a good, good flying plane. And then let's see. What else have I been working on? I went out of town for a couple of days, and, uh, you know, I – I fly every day so i had to take an airplane with me so i was only going to be away one full day so i thought well i'll fly the day we're leaving early and then the full day i'll just get the cub out and fly it so the cub's been banging around in the back of the van you know while we've been traveling i figured it'd be okay but i guess some of the curves there were a little too much for it <laughs> and I, I broke the dang rudder off of it oh no and yeah. this is a sport cub is this yeah, the, it's one of those little uh, the yellow one or the yeah the, the, the yellow 
yellow and silver. It's like a, I don't know, 11 or 1200 millimeter plane. Oh, okay. they're good. So they're good trainer planes. They've got safe and everything. We've got mm-hmm. two or three of them and that's what we use to train people with. But, um, but, uh, anyway, the rudder was broke off. I didn't have any tape or anything. So I thought, well, you know, there's a little bit sticking up there without the actual control surface on there. Maybe, <laughs> no maybe way. it'll be enough and I can fly it just with the ailerons, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Banking so, yank, yeah. Yeah. So, so I take off and I go about 10 feet, you know, and I just, I just can't turn it enough to keep, keep it level. Uh-huh. And, uh, so I think, well, shoot, I'll, let me try, you know, setting the rates up higher. So I put it on high rates and then adjusted my travel to 125%. And that helps. I was able to fly around just a little bit, make like one little circuit there in about a hundred foot area. And I said, Hey, that's flying. <laughs> it's starting to rain. And I, so I had to go throw it in the back of the van, but that was awful trying to fly with no rudder on a little cub, but, uh, we got it in. Surprised you didn't try to get a piece of cardboard and tape it on there. Yeah. Well, go to like Dollar Tree or something. Just get some foam and build (laughs) it rudder. Well, I actually did the the next day. I stopped and got some stuff I couldn't stand to be, you know, without uh, right without a rudder. But those are such good little planes. I tell you, if anybody's wanting to learn how to fly a plane or or they want one just to beat around in bad weather, I fly in torrential downpours and wind that you just would not believe i mean wind that i i'll have to run 80 to 90 percent throttle just to maintain my position in the sky mm-hmm. on some days but uh, that is such a good little plane nice i've seen uh some videos and stuff of you flying in the rain with that thing basically <laughs> flying backwards because it's, it's waterproof so yeah uh, you know the servos and the, the aileron servos they're covered with the decals that go on the wings Mm-hmm. And the uh, ESC and the receiver are inside of it where it's really protected, so it doesn't seem to bother. I've had right. got three of them, and I've got one real nice one, one kind of in middle condition, and one that's really it's rough. <laughs> but uh, we have a ball with them. I mean, trying to do Harrier landings on the carport out here and stuff—it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Nice, yeah, sweet. And other than that, I've just really been, uh, I've been printing a lot of stuff. I got one, uh, got an Ender 3D printer the other day, and mm-hmm. I've just been printing all kinds of stuff that I'll probably never use. But uh, <laughs> I've got enough drop tanks and missiles and <laughs> armament for jets to last me the next five years, probably. Oh, wow. I, nice. I don't know how to live in nozzles, like for the, for the uh, end of the plane. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've found a couple that I can scale up and down to fit on most of them. And it really just adds to the detail of the plane. Oh, yeah. Nice. How do you handle, like, the, you know, you know 3D printers? You could tell it's 3D printed. Like, you know, you see the layers, right? So how do you handle something like that? Like, do you try to, I don't know. Sand it, I guess. Sand it or bondo it or something to kind of get it smooth so you could sand it down, paint it or whatever? Well, really, it depends on what it is. Most of it you're going to have to paint anyway because it's not... Yeah, I, I like I like the white filament myself. It um, it seems smoother, but but really, I'm I'm looking at a big uh, F4 Phantom drop take right here that came out in three pieces, and I printed this like the this is probably about the fourth thing I actually printed, not knowing anything about a 3D printer, and it it seriously looks good enough just to leave alone, and not even paint. It's that smooth. Hmm. 
Nice. But you can put a couple of coats. I've got another one that I've actually put on the plane. And I put uh, a couple of coats of the uh, Rust-Oleum flat and Amalok spray paint on it. Mm-hmm. And just uh, lightly sanded that a little bit and then put a finish coat on it. And, I mean, it looks fantastic. And it's really strong. It's it's not. I've seen some printers that I don't know whether their their temperatures are off or something. But, you know, if you squeeze it a little bit, you hear it cracking. And next thing you know, it's yeah. splitting apart. Mm-hmm. It, this is just unbelievable how strong this is. And uh, yeah. I've not had any problems. Uh, uh, which printer did you get, George? It, it's the Ender. Made Ender. By, it's made by Creality. Okay. The Ender 3 Pro. Okay. There's nice. not much difference between the 3 and the 3 Pro, but for another, what, 30 bucks? I thought right. It's got a nice magnetic uh, bed cover that's um, kind of like got a Teflon coating that's mm-hmm. really easy to clean. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I had never, I had never seen one before. Never looked at one. Never had anything to do with the 3D printer other than uh, having people like Steve Hodges print me out uh, a few items I wanted here and there. Right. So, I, so I didn't have a whole lot of information about them, and yeah. it was kind of, I was dreading getting getting one. Really, I thought I don't really want to fool with hours of learning how to tweak one of these things and get it going good. But really, once mm-hmm. you get, once you get the bed on it good and level and just learn what settings to use in your software like you know surface adhesion level layers and stuff like that yeah uh-huh. from the time i opened the box till i was printing a a, uh, a dash for that flatline corsair within an hour and a half wow that's putting the printer together and everything that's one thing that's kind of held me off. i've been thinking about getting one but i didn't want to get one where i had to tweak and screw around with it for endless hours i just kind of wanted to build it and start printing yeah that's what i was afraid of but i was uh i was talking to a few people on uh, hobby squat that had them and they were posting pictures of the stuff they were printing and they're like i'm looking at that thinking you know i'm buying stuff off the internet you know printed by professionals that were about the same you know and i'm paying for a nozzle, I was paying like $22, $23 for oh one of them. Oh, you wow. know, it doesn't take a, but about the 10 or 12 of those to pay for the printer. Yeah. What were you going to say, I, Steve? No, I was just going to say, so I'm guessing the Ender versions, those are pretty much built and ready to go. You just kind of take them out. Well, you have to, there's some assembly. It's, it's not that bad. Really easy instructions, easy to understand. And, uh, use a piece of paper between the bed and the nozzle to actually set yep. your, your clearance. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you just go over, I go over it and I cross hatch pattern, like you would torquing the head down on the engine or something and, and, yep. uh, try to get it as level as possible. And once you get it good and level, that magnetic, uh, cover that goes over it will allow you to not have to manhandle it when you're cleaning it off. You can just lift that right off there real easy, lay yeah. it to the side on a nice flat surface somewhere and scrape the little yeah, bit. pop it off. Yep. Yeah. Off. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. So you're not constantly knocking your bed out of level. I think out. that's why people have a lot of trouble with the beds. I think that removable, I went ahead and ordered a couple extra ones <clears throat> just to have that. It seems to be holding up well. I've, I'm through almost two spools of filament on it so far and it's done great. 
Sweet. Nice. My biggest concern was just getting into something that's going to take hours and to learn it and then, you know, have to fool with it, stopping and starting, figuring out how, how to set this. But it's it's been nothing, basically just get it yeah. printed and make sure it starts and walk away from it. Yeah, I think with 3D printers, the most important thing is um, consistent temperatures, your bed leveling, and your filament. Like yep. mm-hmm. once you get those three and you're like set on your filament type that you get, your PLA and what brand that you like to use, you get your bed level and your heat's consistent, set it and forget it. Print out as much crap as you want. Yeah. I may have to get one here in a few months. Do it. I'm looking at mine right now and I'm like, I should use it. <laughs> it's just sitting here for I don't know how long. I was how many say, months what's now? the last thing you printed? I, you don't ever I printed talk about out a Ghostbusters stuff. backpack for my coworker. That was the last <laughs> thing where we hooked up LED lights and strobes and all this stuff into it. Yeah, so, man. Yeah, but for that, and so that was Halloween. <laughs> so that's the last time I printed anything. Mine's running right now. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I saw the picture you posted. Um, you have it in like a cabinet, huh? Yes, I bought that at. Uh, a surplus sale at the company I worked for. Mm-hmm. It was it was an old lab uh, cabinet. Yeah, and it's um, it's got double pane glass in it. and It's supposed to be fire rated, so ah. I just put a nice uh, grommet on the back of it and ran a cable through there with a, a surge protector. And I have it and a little ceramic heater in there. The ceramic heater's got a thermostat. I usually keep it set to where it stays about eighty five degrees, and I find that that and um, the default settings on the head and the bed, I think it was 200 on the head, mm-hmm. 60 on the bed, and set it and forget it. I got a little light I can flick on in there if I want to watch it. And, but nice. Yeah, that's nice. very you important. Don't, you, to, you don't hear it either. It's Yeah. You, you don't even know it's running. Yeah, you don't hear the <laughs> stepper motors making all the noises. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Like that, you're able to maintain a, a consistent temperature because the ambient temperature affects the 3D print a lot. You know, yes. if you're If you're like... I have mine in a family room, which um, before I bought the house was converted from a garage into like a family room. So it's not the best insulation in here. But um, during the, as the night goes colder, it gets colder in this room, which then screws up my 3D prints. So I, I noticed that the ambient temperature is huge when it comes to consistent printing. Okay. Awesome. All right. Let's go into our main topic. Let's get to know George a little, a little better. So the first question I'm going to ask is, where are you located, George? I know you kind of hinted at it before, but uh, I'm east of Andy. East of Andy, northeast, so yeah. northeast, yeah, of somewhere I'm, down I'm, south. <laughs> I'm up in the I'm up in the eastern tip of Tennessee. I'm right on the Tennessee Virginia border. I'm about 300 yards from it, and um, I guess the closest city would be Kingsport. Right. If you're looking nice. on a map, the uh, Kingsport, Bristol, Johnson City, they call the mm-hmm. Tri Cities area. Yeah. Northeast Tennessee. Yeah, we're both close to that. Nice. Okay, so how long have you been in the hobby? Well, April of this year will make um, three years that I've Wait. been flying. Three years? Really? Yeah. Yeah, I bought my first plane in January of 16, and it was the uh, LX, the Banana Hobbies B-25 Mitchell. Not, mm-hmm. I, I basically just got it to hang up out here in my shop. I used to build a lot of military vehicles and hot rods and Harleys and things like that. And, and I thought, well, I, I'd like to have a bomber to hang up in here. So I got one, got a radio so I could make all the stuff on it work and rigged up a little power supply and hung it up. I could turn on my radio and 
turn on the power supply and make it do a few things. I thought, well, I got this radio. Maybe I ought to get me another plane, try to teach myself how to fly. And that, that was, you know, that was the beginning of it. Wow. Three years. Yeah. Three years in April. That's not long at all. Wow. Do you just fly planes? Do you also fly uh, multi-rotors or helicopters? I fly a little bit of everything, mostly warbirds and jets. But um, yeah. I've got a few quads uh, and some of the little uh, Indutrix-type FPV things mm-hmm. that I fly. And I've got, uh, I've got one helicopter. It's a, a little bitty tiny thing. It's from XK. It's the EC-145. And it's uh, it's tiny, and I yeah. can barely I can barely hover it and maybe do a little circuit around the yard with it. But uh, that's something I'd like to do. I've got a couple other helicopters that have just found their way here. I, I think somebody gave me a box of them one time, and then another time somebody gave me a whole one that had been crashed. And mm-hmm. I pieced together enough stuff. Yeah, it's got it's got a, a fly bar on it. I know enough about them to know what a fly bar is. Yeah, <laughs> hey, I'm. Right I'm I know a guy that could probably help you out if you want to apply a helicopter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I need some, I need some pointers. Craig. I actually, I, I actually know two guys, but yeah. yeah. But uh, uh, I pieced together one of these things with just all kinds of oddball stuff. I, I just made it work as far as the mechanics went and I got mm-hmm. it out here and had a, a, a spectrum airplanes receiver in it. I figured out how to make it hover a little bit, but it was so out of balance that it just, basically shook itself to death oh goodness oh boy yeah <laughs> we need to get you on the buddy box on a 700 yeah, it's, a proper uh, it's just so it's so different like compared to the little little micro tiny ones and stuff yeah. a big 700 will just sit there like i mean it's it's so much more stable and, and actually much easier to fly mm-hmm. <clears throat> i like that goblin you were talking about steve um, oh yeah I know uh, Craig got one from Andy, I think. Yeah, yeah, the 570. Yeah, 570. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's a really good-looking bird. Nice. Yeah. I was going to actually just say, like, if you're not into, like, the 3D stuff, I mean, they make some nice big 7, like, that's, you know, 700-size, like, scale birds, too, you know, that you could get. Um, mm-hmm. That's, that's cool. I think something like an, a UE. I've actually got one of the, uh, you know, the ones that motion are going to. Yeah, the 450. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've got a UE. Uh, one of those nice and um i haven't flown it yet steve flew it once and crashed it and i'm waiting on some parts okay yeah i'd like to i want to give those a look when they come out and see mm-hmm. i hope that they fly decent because they're using a their own little control board and, and stuff is that so, one of those super scales or yeah well they're they're coming out with a basically out of the box 450 scale helicopter like bind and fly. Okay. I think maybe, aren't they read, went back and redid the control board a little bit, George? Cause I don't think they flew that great to start with. Yeah. They're using some sort of like adapted quad type board for the fly barless controller. So I don't know kind of what's going on there. Yeah. I can't remember what the latest is on that. I know there's a thread on hobby squawk about it and mm-hmm. usually alpha will chime in there and update it. But, uh, I know that, you know, we'll see them. Yeah. Last I heard they were, um, or so. yeah, Chris Robert has kind of been helping them out with that. And I think yep. he was telling them some stuff to tweak. And, and so maybe when they 
you know, make a few changes and, and finally release it, they'll have all the bugs worked out. But those should be pretty neat. Get a lot of guys into helis that are, you know, like you would want just a scale bird to sport fly, cruise around the yard or whatever. Right. That nice. should be neat. Oh, yeah. You work yourself up to an 800 size. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. It'd be awesome to have a scale black, um, even a black hawk or something that big. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. I really like the Jayhawks. And the only reason is like just the color schemes and then also the basket. Yep. I mean, be able to have a little winch of a basket going mm-hmm. up and down and stuff. Which, oh, that would be cool. Yeah, every time I see it, I like, you know, these, like, usually I see them in, like, the Florida fun flies I go to sometimes. And, like, the door will open up and, it'll, like, you see this little basket of yeah, Laura guy down. Yeah, uh-huh. they'll come back up, close the door, and then they'll go fly another circuit and stuff. It's pretty cool stuff. So what got you interested in the hobby? I know you said you bought a plane just for decor, and then eventually it was like, shoot, let me learn to fly but i mean did you always want to try flight or just, well, now, you know? when when i was a teenager probably about 13 or 14 mm-hmm. i did have a couple of the old control line the, the cox uh the first one i think i had was the uh curtis p40 just okay. made out of hard plastic with just a mm-hmm. little yeah. low engine on it yep and then the second one was really neat it was a stuka dive bomber and it had a big red bomb underneath it that would release with a trigger on oh, your wow on your hand control nice cool and uh yeah we wore those things out once once the engines quit running we uh we just sling them around and around until we were so dizzy we couldn't stand <laughs> up <laughs> nice then after that um a friend of my father's who had had a few planes and kind of got out of it he um he knew i was interested in the control line stuff so he just brought me a bunch of stuff one day and it had a few old uh globe planes in there profile type planes with built up wings and mm-hmm. it didn't take me long to make a mess out of all that yeah so that was about the only experience i'd had with rc i think i had an old craft radio one of those old gold looking anodized oh, wow. yeah. yeah you know i had everything the guy had he, he gave me everything showed me how to start the engine and everything and and uh i pulled with it flew it some but it's pretty pretty basic stuff but that was when i mean that's so long ago i can barely remember I'm 54 yeah. now, talking about, you know, 40 years ago. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, so what do you do for a living? Well, I do uh, streaming media and um, digital signage for a major chemical company here in the area. Nice. But it's it's a pretty interesting job. Do you design on a Mac or on a Windows? Mostly Mac. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you're doing a live production, you got... You know, about 20,000 people watching you. You, you don't want to pimp, depend on Windows. Yeah. You yeah, don't want to have a hear that. blue screen of death while you're trying to <laughs> do so. Yeah. Mac or Linux. Nice. I call Steve a Mac fanboy, but actually he's not wrong. I mean, <laughs> this is better. They I just mean, work. I've been in IT for, was it 19 years now? And I've only been in Mac for about seven and like I've you know I've 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 seen a light <laughs> you know like and I won't go back to a Windows machine like I have one for my gaming and whatever but when it comes to like any type of video audio um, just regular like coding and stuff or any of that stuff it's all on the Mac. Yeah. Do you have any sponsors or do you sponsor yourself? I pretty much sponsor myself. I do a few reviews for different companies. Nice. Um, I'm really close with Motion. I I really mm-hmm. like them. They 
they're like family. I mean, we, nice. you know, yeah. we do events together and stuff and, mm-hmm. uh, and they help us out with giveaways at some of our events, but, uh, they're just really good people to work with. I've had, uh, the best experience with them. Anything I've ever had, it was maybe damaged or, you know, faulty right out of the mm-hmm. box. It was just like, boom, you know, overnight they had something in the mail to me. And, um, that's just, that's normal. They did that from the beginning before I'd spent yeah, you know, yeah. a lot of money with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Companies like that where they have good customer service speaks for themselves, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. FMS, that's another company that. Ooh, sorry, what was that? FMS, I've done FMS, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reviews mm-hmm. for them, and they the, the same way. I had uh, I had one of their tiger cats I had an issue with, and uh, they were able to take care of that for me. But nice. uh, yeah, uh, do you sim? I used to, but I haven't in a long time. I, I really haven't because I I fly every day. I don't. There's really no need, you know. I, yeah. I've got I've got planes that you know that I'll try anything with. And then I've got mm-hmm. planes that I'm real careful with, but, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've got planes that I use to find the edges and, and hardly ever use the stem anymore. Matter of fact, I'm not sure if I've even got a computer here right now that would run it. Yeah. Being a, a Mac house. Mm-hmm. I've got, um, when I do use it, it's, um, it's the, uh, my, the, uh, oh, shoot, what is it? Uh, real flight seven, five. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, when I first started flying, I used it and it was very helpful to, you know, get your orientation down, you know, going away from me and coming back to you. I, I found that that's probably when it clicked for me is when I was using the sim. Right. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Orientations is like the biggest benefit of a sim, I feel. But, yeah. yeah. And that was the biggest, that was really the biggest hurdle. The first big hurdle to overcome when you first start flying and I'd gone to get a lesson get some lessons from our local club and didn't have much uh, success or much interest from them to help me at the time. I think they were all kind of busy. So I just kind of got on the internet and read and stuff until I figured it out myself and a lot of good tips on RC groups and uh, a lot of not so good tips on RC groups. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> once, you, once you weed through it, you know, yeah, found a lot of helpful stuff. And then there's a lot of people that are it, that's really, I guess, why I've gone so head over heels in this hobby is because it's just such a great group of people. You meet people, you'll spend a weekend with them in an event or something, and I mean, they're friends for life. You, you'll, you'll talk to them every other day, you know, and uh, it, it's just the best hobby I've ever been involved in, and I have been involved in a lot of hobbies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, no, for yeah, sure. the, the community is, is very, very good in RC. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> yeah for the most part well, you have your you know yeah you so it's like any hobby you exactly know? But overall i can say that the rc community is is uh the best best uh bunch of people i've dealt with in a hobby mm-hmm. yeah okay so this next one might be a long one um <laughs> what's in your fleet what's in your hangar right now uh i mean it, it'd really be hard to to go Do- through them all do you know how many yeah, how many currently planes? have? I have no idea. No idea at all. I mean, okay. north of 150. Once once it got, <laughs> I used to try to keep track of them up to about 100, a little over 100. Had a list. Uh-huh. You know, I kept it updated. You know, if I traded a plane off and everything, but I, I gave that up. It's, yeah. Yeah. If I had to bet money on it, I would say between 
It's like one of those games. Can you guess how many jelly beans are in the jar? <laughs> well, you, you'd probably have to take them down to count them. Yeah. You'd have to put them in a different building one by one to just exactly. know how many is there. Right, right, yeah. Right. That was the hardest thing is trying to keep track of which ones, you know, tear off a little piece of tape and stick on the wheel as you're going around counting. <laughs> oh. So. So with that, do you have a go-to model like the one, the one, you know, the airplane that you like to fly the most? Well, I don't have a. I have a few though. I, I can okay. give you a few. Sure. And, a uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give you two or three. Okay, as far as just a rainy, bad weather day, I'd have okay. to say that that little uh, that little carbon cub, that little yellow cub, that uh, Horizon Hobby. I mean, it's made by Hobby Zone, so everybody's probably selling it, but. That's just a great little plane. They come with a GPS. First thing you have to do is unplug that, and it's a great plane. Yep. That's a good one for just bad weather. But I, I guess it's just if I want to go out here and just fly something and really relax, enjoy myself, I, I'd probably pick up a Corsair. Really? Right? Okay. Yeah, nice. I've got several Corsairs. Um, I like the E-Flight 1200-millimeter. That was probably my go-to Corsair for a long time. I've got about four of them. I've got some in the box just in case they quit making them. It's the one with the green stripes around the wings, Andy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But since this big flight line, the 1,600-millimeter Corsair came out, Yeah, I really enjoy flying it. It's just like flying a big Cadillac in the air. It's just so smooth. And yeah. Nice. I listened to uh, the After Hours, RC After Hours, do mm-hmm. a review and talk about that. I kind of mm-hmm. want one now. Yeah. It, it sounds like a really fantastic airplane. They sent me the bubble top. And of course, I've got a million bubble tops, and I was really wanting the bird cage, but James got the bird cage, so we may swap out at the knobs if he wants yeah. something different. But uh, nice. And and a lot of people ask me; they come in here and they kind of freak out when they first walk in the door. But then after it sinks in a little bit, they ask, you know, do all these fly? Well, yeah. But, you know, out of all of them, there's maybe there's maybe six or seven probably that don't fly. And I mean, when I say don't fly, I mean they don't the ones that do fly they've got a receiver everything in them ready to go but um and i i usually try to fly all of them within a you know a year or so there's some that i haven't flown maybe <laughs> i think there's three i haven't flown and they're just the ones i've recently got mm-hmm. and a b17 b17 i gotta throw that in there i love the hobby king b17 and it was one of the first planes i bought after i got to where i would be able to you know take off and land mm-hmm. and, uh, love them I've, I've got about six of them i think now and uh what's the wingspan on that it's 1875 millimeters so what is that like 70 something 80 inch yeah i think 70 80 inches nice yeah they're big mm-hmm. beautiful planes fly they just fly so great and jets i guess right now my favorite jet is probably that free wing mirage because you can fly at such a high alpha you can hand launch it you can just underhand pitch it in the air and take off with it. And uh, you, can, you can actually belly land it. You can just hover it in, basically, and just flop it down on the grass. But oh, it's, got, nice. it's got nice landing gear, but it's just so light and so power-to-weight ratio is so good on it. Mm-hmm. You can do about anything you want to with it. Nice. Anything else before we move on? Oh, I would have to say that my flight test uh, beacon is, is one of my favorites. The one I, I did, but high alpha, yeah. <laughs> one, the one with the thrust vectoring on it. Yes. Oh, it's so fun. Nice. Yeah, I need to build me one of those, man. 
I gotta, I gotta take a look. I saw a couple of your pictures of the ones that, the one you had. Um, Did you see the video of it? No, I didn't. Oh. I, I heard about it. I think Craig was talking about it. He's like, you gotta watch the video. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you gotta see the video. Yeah, the ending, especially. <laughs> I heard. <laughs> It'll basically just flip in space, in, in in place in the air. Yeah, yeah. See, that's yeah. cool, man. I kind of want that. Yeah, I gotta go check that out. It sounds mm-hmm. like a lot of fun. Uh, all right, so let's move on to kind of your sport, your supporting equipment. So as far as like radios, batteries, chargers, you know. I mostly use Spectrum. I've got mm-hmm. Futaba. I've got a, a, a T8J. I've got several of the Tactic 8 channels. I like those to mm-hmm. train with because they do wireless Betty Boxing really good. Yep. And they're really good radios. Of all the radios I've used, I mean, I've, I've used about everything, Tyrannus, um, I've got probably eight or ten radios, and of everything I've got, the only radio I can say I have never had a brownout with, never had an issue with, is the Tactic. Really? SLT yeah. protocol, huh? Yeah, it's really, I mean, I know it's a cheaper radio, but it's really yeah. served me well. Nice. And then Chargers, you know, we we have so many people that come in and fly on a flying a fly-in day or a hangar day, as we call them, that I bought a, a a few of those uh, Venom chargers, mm-hmm. the, the dual, dual and the quads. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've got them around the shop here. And I've got one charging table. That's nothing but a, it's just a, like a steel drafting desk with a bakelite top on it. Okay. I've, I've got several chargers out there in a power strip and two or three other tables where people can charge. But with nice. these, these Venoms, it's just handy. You know, people can, you know, the duels I've got, I think two of them and two of the, the quads and that helps when people want to charge or check their batteries they one yeah. charger is not tied up by everybody yeah you basically got 12 12 chargers you can have yeah. one at different yeah 12 channels wow that's cool i do have quite a bit of other type stuff that supports the hobby left over from where i used to restore military vehicles and build hot rods and stuff like that i've got some metal tools and mm-hmm. drill press and Welders, shears, um, you know, quite a bit of stuff like that still left. I don't do anything like that anymore, really. Mm-hmm. With the heavy work, just lifting foam now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you get into any of the balsa stuff, or is it mainly just foam? I've got a few balsa planes, but I just, I just don't care for it. If, mm-hmm. if all there was balsa, I probably wouldn't be in the hobby. Hmm, yeah. How many bottles of foam tack have you used? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I just got a delivery in today from Motion with uh, three bottles in it. And I, nice. and I added, I should send you a picture of my foam tack lid necklace, these beacon lids. Yeah, I saw that on uh, somewhere. That's why I was asking you. It looked like you had quite a few on there. Yeah. Well, I basically support all the flyers within the. 20 mile radius the foam tack uh-huh nice. yeah i'm like you guys know you can buy this stuff Dilly, why bother you always have some <laughs> yeah we don't care you do a lot of repairs too for people don't you like if somebody hangar, crashes yeah i'm hanging yeah i see you helping it, out it's crazy yeah nice. and it's good i mean that's you know if you read our mission statement on the tired iron facebook group Mm-hmm. And if you just go to tiredironaviation.com, it'll take you right to it. But uh, that's what we want to do. We want to help people get interested in the hobby and keep them interested in the hobby. 
Yeah, why don't we go into that? Um, so first of all, we'll, we'll get into your everyday flying stuff, but how did you get the name Tired Iron? Well, like I said, I used to restore military vehicles. If mm-hmm. you Google Tired Iron Military Vehicle Club, you can see a lot of the vehicles I used to have and restore and buy and sell and trade. Nice. But um, I, uh, I actually found a, a World War II half-track that was over in Israel, and I went in with the guy to get them it and another vehicle brought back over here. So we, you know, we saved our peonies. This has been, this has been over 20 years ago. And, um, I just, it was just a really rough vehicle. Half of it was missing. The other half had been on fire. And oh. when, when it finally got here, my buddies were here to help me unload it off the tractor trailer. And, and, uh, my buddy that was my right hand man at the time, PT Morrison, he, he looked at that thing when it pulled in and he's looked at me. He said, George, he said, that's the tiredest looking piece of iron I have ever seen in my life. Hmm. I said, it's beautiful. <laughs> I said, it'll be awesome. And it was, but he, he said, that's what I'm going to start calling you tired iron. So that's, yeah. that's how it began. And it's just always stuck. I've always been known for taking mostly stuff that uh, pe- other people have passed up, you know, just thought it was too far gone to, to fool with and then really that's the only way i could afford a lot of that stuff to be honest with you uh-huh mm-hmm. yeah and you would restore it and re- rebuild it oh yeah. yeah 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 if you go out there and see i had half tracks i had a world war ii stewart uh light tank um, apcs the little vietnam air apcs really? wow, really wow. <clears throat> they'd run about 40 miles an hour and um run to jump in run down to the store a loaf of bread and yeah. spin out and come right back down the highway. Wow. And people buy them, right? Like to, I don't know, oh, yeah. to like have them at their house? Or? Oh, yeah. Collectors. The last, the World War II tank that I had, the M5 Stewart, it just recently sold for, I think, $280,000. Wow. An M5. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That World War II stuff, you know, it's, it, it's hard to find. Yeah. So then how did that become Tired Iron Aviation and, you know, this whole mission and movement that you're trying to do? Well, there's also been Tired Iron Rod Shop and Tired Iron Motorcycles. Used to okay. used to be a Harley-Davidson mechanic. And, and I've just kind of taken that moniker with me everywhere. Because I've kind of always been the same, like with hot rods, you know, building an old um, 30 Model A coupe or something like that. You know, finding one that's been sitting out in the pasture feel for sure yeah all rusted up and stuff mm-hmm. making a really cool hot rod out of it nice. so you know i guess it's just uh common to my and my username on all the forums way back to um all the hot rod stuff the ham and uh everything has always been tired iron grb you can find me anywhere by that username and what that was we had a mm-hmm. we had the tired iron military vehicle club and we had several members and everybody had an email address and it was tired iron and there were three initials mm-hmm. so mine was uh, grb george robert baker so mm-hmm. that's kind of how that's the king tired iron aviation we started uh when i started flying here <clears throat> and a buddy of mine he was interested in in quads and and uh he started filling with them and we were out in the yard one day flying, had a little place out here in the edge of the field mode where we could just barely take off and land. And, um, he's the guy stopped in and he was just phenomenal. 
Brad will know who I'm talking about, but uh, he just blew our mind with FPV and, and, you know, a nice quad and really just kind of got us into that. He's a real freestyle junkie. I mean, he's just, it's just crazy stuff he does. And um, so he started coming by and flying with us a little bit. And about the same time, I joined the local AMA club and met a few people out there. And they lived close to me and they started coming over and flying. And I started mowing more, uh, mowing more and more of the field for a uh, landing strip. So finally, I just took it all the way to the end of the field, about 550 feet. And uh, we started flying, you know, every weekend just about. And after, after a while, you know, uh, I think it, it was actually Craig Quill and it really kind of, we'd been just kind of goofing off calling it tired iron aviation. And he said, we ought, we ought to get some t-shirts made. And so we did. And that's when we started really kind of getting a little organized, but, um, it's just a bunch of guys that, you know, we, we welcome any type of, uh, RC flying or RC vehicles, even ground vehicles, bring them on. We, we let it boats. We got a little pond, but you know, we just want to see people have fun in the hobby. And like I said, get in the hobby and stay in the hobby. Don't get frustrated. You know, there was times I just wanted to, you know, throw it all in the garbage and forget about it. But, uh, I was able to pick it up enough to get pretty proficient at flying and it just, uh, good feeling made you relax got your good way to unwind at the end of the day got your mind off everything yep nice so now we've got here locally andy i'd say what would you say on our bigger events we probably have we have around 40 pilots come over a weekend and bring their family and kids with my wife she makes sure that the kids all have something to do sometimes she'll load them all up and take them skating or have something here for them to do. They've got a little clubhouse out here, one of these yard barns with a loft in it. They, they camp in when we have uh, fly-ins. I've got a granddaughter that stays with us a lot, and she's kind of the host kid here. <laughs> we have a ball. I mean, we have a absolute ball. By the end of the weekend, everybody's worn out. We mm-hmm. have a big campfire every night, sit around the campfire. We usually do like start around lunchtime on a Friday. And it's over whenever everybody goes home on Sunday evening. Nice. Yeah, I wanted to make a note. You know how on the show we talk about the old dirty plankers and how they're they're kind of against anything that they're not into, whether it be helicopters or jets or anything fun. like that. Yeah, fun, basically. George <laughs> is, is what I would consider the exact opposite of an old dirty planker. He flies planes, but he's... Uh, He's welcoming to anything, helicopters, mm-hmm. quads, uh, guys, yeah, yeah, balloon, a blimp, just anything that flies. Uh, there's some guys that come and bring, you know, giant scale, uh, 30%, you know, gas 3d planes and, and fly there. I've seen, and, uh, you know, quad guys, heli guys, just everybody come and have fun, hang out together. So it's, nice. it's one of the more rare things you see if you go to a club there's usually everybody's in their own little clique i guess you'd say because the the old plane guys hate the heli pilots and you know these guys don't like drone or quad guys but up at george's everybody just kind of uh you know has fun together 
So it's yeah, kind of we, neat. We just, we just don't attract people like that. Right. You know, because we do support all those different, uh, I guess you'd say genres of RC. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had a gas buggy not long ago that I set up with FPV and had to get rid of it before I destroyed my runway. You know, it was just a hoot. <laughs> and, uh, but we, you know, and it thrills me. I love like Andy was out here one day doing uh, what do you call it? Auto rotation where you kill, yeah, kill it, let it come down. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. He's killing it. He's just doing like, I, I don't know how many he did in a row, uh, 20 or 30 probably. And it was just blowing my mind how he was bringing that thing down, you know, dead stick basically. And, uh, setting it right down on that little pad we got out there. We've got a really cool helipad out there. It's like the high spot on the property. It's a little mole. It's really flat on top. Nice. Wouldn't you think it's a pretty good place to, yeah, I know yeah, you got absolutely. the, you got the mountain behind you there. You're not used to seeing that, but yeah, yeah. you know, I, I, I went up to Nephi, I went up to Nephi and, uh, last year and it's first time I'd been, you know, kind of in that no mountain area in a long uh-huh. time. I usually try to stay south of the Ohio river that just, that, that big open space kind of, <laughs> it, it, it hurts with my, uh, depth perception. What? That's what Craig was saying. I was yeah. saying, well, with the mountain behind me, I, I find it harder to see the silhouette of the heli. And Craig was talking about flying at my house where there's nothing, you know, it's <laughs> open skies. Like it's too open. I feel weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So I guess it's whatever you're used to. Yeah, it is. Uh, I finally got used to it up there. It's just like, it took a, took a while, you know, being a hillbilly, when you get in an area like that, it's like, I can see for two miles. That means somebody over on the edge of that tree line with a scope can see me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. A little uneasy feeling, but. Right. Tired iron. I'll just say this. We, we try to, um, we try to help other flyers and other pilots. You know, if, if we, if we know somebody in our little, uh, circle of influence is having some issues or something, we'll all pitch in, we'll jump in to help them whether it be with the hobby or their personal life or whatever, because we feel like that's what keeps people in the hobby. You make these relationships with people, teach them how to fly, teach them how to work on their planes and everything. And then you're not having to fix their stuff for them all the time. They can do it themselves and then they can teach more people. But, um, that's that's another thing. Every time I say, I've been up to your place two, maybe two or three times. Mm -hmm. And every time I've been there, George and uh, Steve and some of the other guys are always helping out someone or helping them set up something in their plane or fine tune something or re- do a repair. He's he's definitely always lending a hand helping out. Uh, it's, it's Steve's the same way, even more so than me. I mean he he's just he's my best buddy and his kids are like my kids. I just we. When they come up, they'll stay two or three days. And Steve's got eight children, and six of them, I think, still live at home. Wow. And he usually brings four of them with him. And they're all but one of them are pilots. Nathan, he's eight. Mm-hmm. Enoch, I think, is 12. And then the girls, I'm not sure exactly how old they are. But Nathan and Enoch are two main pilots. They can fly anything, jets, planes, you name it, quads. Um, they don't know that they're not supposed to be able to, so they can just do it. Yeah. (laughs) No fear. uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Nathan, he's taken the daily flying challenge. He's like over 200 days now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, He's getting close to working on a year. Okay. So let's kind of go into that everyday thing. It seems like you started this 
kind of a I don't know I don't want to really say movement but just this thing and and it seems like it's catching on other folks are doing it too so what got you started like what what motivated you to do this just because I saw the trying to think of a nice way to put this like if you'll notice I don't get into fights on forums and stuff like that if they get real negative I just move on mm-hmm. but but I, I like to try, try to stay as positive as I can it's it's hard for me I'm an officer in my local AMA club and we've had some you know some issues there and that's not my that's not my main club I, even though I'm an officer there and I take care of the grounds there I organize a lot of the events there and stuff that's not my main club my main club's here because of the guys because people like Craig Quill and Steve Hodges and Steve Black and Shane and Dieter and just all these guys that mm-hmm. they're kind of specialists in their fields. Like Shane, he knows this nitro, old nitro stuff and everything. I mean, he can fix anything like that. He'll he'll get an old plane somebody's gave him that's been seized up for 20 years. And he'll be flying it the next weekend. Nice. So he knows about that. And he's our guy that people go to about stuff like that. And then, you know, Dieter and Brad and some of these other guys that are our quad guys, Craig's our heli guy. And they, mm-hmm. they've kind of built this web of support where people could come to tired down aviation. They know if they ask a question, they're not going to get a bunch of people dumping on them, you know, tell them what an idiot they are for asking that question. They're going to get somebody to walk them through how to fix it. And if it's real, you know, if it's, if it's a lot more than you just do, you know, typing on a form, you know, we'll call them, talk to them and, uh, and help them with it. Mm-hmm. Maybe make them a little video or something, but I know, I guess the absence of that, when I was learning to fly, was kind of disheartening i I mean i i really had to have a come to jesus moment with myself about you really want to be in this hobby if it's going to be like this i would go up there to the the local ama club and you know there was only one or two people there that was very friendly the rest of them you know you'd ask them something they'd kind of halfway tell you and then act like you were an idiot for asking them and yeah yeah fuss about everything you did you know you didn't catch motor just the right second when you were pulling off the apron or something that was like oh you can't be can't be powering up up the taxiways and stuff and just like thank you sir can i may i have another yeah <laughs> yeah you you mentioned that you went to try to learn how to fly to the club and, and really didn't find much help and yeah. i've i've seen that and it's really a shame because yeah. mm-hmm. we need to be bringing new people in not turning them away yeah but that's kind of survives yeah yeah that's kind of the mentality of some of these old guys again we'll call them the dirty old plankers yeah if you don't know how to fly and don't know the proper terminology and everything about they don't want to talk to you yeah but the problem is you gotta learn somewhere you gotta start yeah yeah, it's just really unfortunate that that mentality is still around yeah you know but I, i i don't see it as much in the in the 30 some year olds and 40 some year olds and 50 some year olds. It seems like it's like, it seems like it's kind of, I hate to say it, but it's kind of in that, that, uh, that era that never did embrace foam planes. Yeah. You know, right. it's like, oh, you're cheating. You didn't spend three months on that thing so you could come out here and crash it on the first flight mm-hmm. um, and never be able to use it again for anything other than kindling. But, yeah. um, <clears throat> you know, I, you know, I like watching their stuff. Some of those pattern plane guys up there, we've got a guy that's been like, you know, AMA champion about two million times. I won't mention his name, but you know, he's an awesome, awesome pilot, but he's kind of one of them, you know, guys, he don't want to fill with anything else. 
it's hard to get any tips out of him or anything, but he's an awesome pilot. I mean, he can fly that thing like it's, you know, flying on a glass floor up there. But I bet that's probably all he can do, though. Yeah. Well, no, I, I don't know. I mean, he's pretty, pretty been pretty successful in his personal life. But why not, you know, he's that good. Why not teach that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, he, that's what we're saying. Even, yeah. even with some of his, his buddies up there that he flies with a lot, I don't think he, you know, shares a whole lot with them from what I understand. But, you know, if I can tell anybody anything it'll keep them from getting discouraged or you know stomping their plane into a million pieces um it's it's good i'm gonna try to do it you know yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. i remember we had a plane one time and this young man he had only been to like a couple of our events he, you know he didn't have much money to get in the hobby he had one of those little umx uh cubs little blue and white umx cubs mm-hmm. and he'd, he'd learned to fly that thing really good and i mean here he is he's flying straight and down straight up and down the runway and about 20 feet off the ground and just, you know, really doing good. And all of a sudden here comes this little gas plane in. So I forget what it was, but it was, it was moving. It shredded. It went through that thing and never even flinched. It was nothing but confetti came down. And that kid was sitting out that radio in his hand, watching all those pieces just float down the ground. And his lip was quivering. I thought, I thought he was literally just going to break down and cry. It, mm. it just, it broke my yeah. heart for him. Oh, yeah. so we took, we took up an offering there and kind of uh, got enough money to get him another one, and it tickled him. But that kind of spirit is what, and it's not it's not just me. Listen, these guys come up with this stuff all the time, do it on their own. Like when I finally made a year flying every day, they they got together and took up some money and bought me a, F, a free wing F eighty six jet and presented it to me at uh, at the anniversary. Deal. Nice. You know, it's just um, you know that if you. If you treat people like that, you'll you'll attract people like that. Yeah, I think I I, I hate to see the the AMA clubs. You know, there's I hate to see them floundering floundering because of this. And there's just there's so many of them out there. That you see though that are coming up. They've got a nice facility. They've got they've got people that are involved in all kinds of RC that are are bringing in you know jet events, 3D events, and really grow in their club but most of the ama clubs seem to be on the decline yeah. from what from what i see i mean i yeah, don't know about absolutely. other parts yeah and and i know there's 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 a couple clubs like that around my way that you're like okay you know what you want to be like that have your time i'll outlive you and we'll take over your field and your club yeah, yeah. it's yeah, a waiting that's game it's a waiting game yeah you know and it's it's unfortunate because we all enjoy this hobby, right? We're all in this hobby because, you know, come on, let's face it. We like flying toy airplanes, helicopters, whatever, you know? We yeah. like we like flying these things and we like having fun and, and crashing and all this stuff is part of it, you know? And, you know, like, I want to share this, you know? Like, I don't, I don't want to keep it to myself. What good is it if I keep it to myself if no one else understands or enjoys my hobby? I want everyone to... You know, yep. at least get a little flavor of it and try it out. And if they like it, sweet. If they don't, sure, that's okay too then, you know. But I don't understand the mentality of like, this is my hobby and I'm going to let it die with me. Like, I don't understand <laughs> yeah. that mentality at all. It's one of the only sports I know of that the whole family can really, or one of the hobbies, I guess I should say, mm-hmm. that the whole family can do. I mean, every everybody in the family can do it. It's like Steve, mm-hmm. you know, there he is. He's, you know. They're living off of Raymond Noodle Soup because he's having to buy eight kids airplanes. But. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, I didn't think about that. But yeah, yeah. seriously. Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Back to the everyday thing. Yes, George. What? How many days are you at now? Like, I think today is nine forty-two. Wow. Wow. Yep, getting close to the thousand mark, and then after that, three years. Three years. I don't know where we'll go from there. You, you know, mm. I, I tell you what, it's like today. I went out here and had to fly the little yellow cub in the dark in the rain because I'd been out here working on planes all day. I, I've been on vacation the last couple of days, but um, I do work from home a lot as well. Though. Mm-hmm. But um, that that'll what that'll be what happens. I'll end up going to bed, and going to sleep, and forgetting to fly one day because I've been out here. When when you're working on them, you don't think about. I haven't yeah. flown one. You yeah. know. That's yeah, when I've, yeah. I've done that about three times. I've come close, you know, been a couple of times. It's been like nine 30 and I've had to come out here and fly my night visionaire or something. One of my night flyers. Okay. But, but uh, yeah, how that started was just, I'd been flying for probably about 30 days in a row. I realized it was during the summer. It was about 30 days. And I told my wife, I said, I'm going to try to fly for a hundred days straight. She said, well, yeah, sounds good. She could care less. I've got the most understanding. <laughs> She's like, yeah, whatever. Just <laughs> yeah. We've got 50, 60 people coming down this weekend. Fly. Hey, okay. Better make sure we got plenty of toilet paper. But, uh, <laughs> that, you know, a hundred became 200, 300 a year, 500 days. You know, AMA used to give me a certificate on special events, like one year, um, 500 days, two years. But now I don't know. I think it's kind of got to be, you know, old hat, but maybe when we get to a thousand, it'll be something special. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do a little interview and stuff. They did one video about it. I think when it was day 700, when we were up there at Nephi, mm-hmm. that was pretty special. Yeah, I saw really that. Nice. They mm-hmm. fixed me a cake, birthday, kind of like a birthday cake, but it said, you know, congratulations, 700 days or something on it. Nice. That's really nice. Well, they, speaking of your, your group of guys there, they done something pretty neat for your two year anniversary. Mm-hmm. I was, I was up there for that. Yeah. All the guys got together and, uh, made this really cool video. And, uh, I think, what did you have a cake and a whole, you had a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. They, um, they did the video and they had everybody from, you know, a lot of people in the hobby, uh, people at the AMA flight test guys, this and that, just, you know, motion people, uh, the, Robert and his brother from over in uh, Sylvania that have the real popular YouTube channel. They were on it. It was a big deal. They made, made a really nice banner that's hanging on the wall hanger out here in the uh, edition that says, you know, congratulations, Tired Iron, for two consecutive years of flying. It's got a lot of different pictures of me at different events flying and things. That was, it was really nice. Yeah, they made, they've made me cry every year so far. So the first first year they gave me the F eighty six and videotaping me crying in. I think maybe last year they didn't get me crying, but yeah, I'm I get a little emotional about stuff like that. Such a great bunch of guys I fly with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So have there been days where I mean, I know you said there's days you kind of forget and you're like, Oh crap, I gotta go out and fly and you know, you throw up on night but like do you have any like memorable days where you're like Wow, <laughs> you know, like I can't believe I flew today, or like you know, maybe just you're something. Sick or yeah, have the maybe flu you're, or... <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I'm gonna still do this. I'm still pushing through. You know, I, I don't know. Probably, <clears throat> probably not 
probably not even weather, probably not even uh, sickness. The, the times that I remember is when I've had I've been out of town and had to go sneak somewhere and fly that I probably shouldn't be flying. Mm-hmm. We were camping one time up in Virginia State Parks, up at Hungry Mother Park, uh, up towards Marion. You ever been up there, Andy? No, I've heard of it. Yeah, it's, it's a nice place, but I won't be back. Um, I was up there, and I had a float plane. They got a beautiful lake with a dam down on one end of it that there's usually nobody around. So I take my new float plane up there, and I take off, and I'm doing circuits. And, I mean, I have there's nobody in sight that I can see anywhere. I'm doing circuits that are pretty close to me. It's a beautiful day, beautiful lake, beautiful green grass in the summertime. My wife's taking some nice pictures. Well, here comes this park ranger up there. Tells Uh-oh. me land it. Yeah. Gets all over me and stuff. And it was other issues. Uh, the uh, campground Nazi, I mean, host, he, uh, he gave us a hard time. <laughs> we had a, we pull like a little Kawasaki mule behind the RV all the time. He came over first thing. Don't get that thing off that trailer unless you've got a tag and license for it and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, okay. But that that's one that probably stands out more than anything when we, you know, about got arrested for flying a float plane on the lake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. I mean, any weird, like, um, I don't know, anniversary, you know, like just days you're like, your like wife is like, really? Really, George? I went to, I went to Nephew on my wife's birthday last year. <laughs> you did? That oh man! <laughs> did you bring I get, her? <laughs> I got no. I, you left she, her. <laughs> she no, she, she went and did something she wanted to do. She went. Well, that was my question. Does she go with you to the yeah. events or, or no? Sometimes she'll go to something if it's local. But like yeah. when I go to Nall in the Fall and Joe and all, we'll stay eight days and you know go down and stay eight days and like seven <laughs> she, nights. And she don't want to deal with that. <laughs> no, I take my dog Spanky and uh, and Stephen. I and and last time we went, we took two of his boys and uh, stayed. We we kind of we help with the motion tent. We we bring most of motion's planes. They they only had to bring about three or four. We'll bring <laughs> nice <laughs> seventy five or eighty with. Well, us. I guess yeah. between between you and Steve, you've about got all the planes, don't you? All the jets, at least. I I've got most all the jets. I'm sure, yeah. and uh, probably most of the warbirds. <laughs> But yeah, we'll bring you know everything that he'll. James will usually send us a list. Say, hey, if you got this and want to bring it, I won't have to bring one. It usually works out good. It's stuff we're going to fly anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. Get to show it off a little bit, especially some of the custom ones. You know, uh, I look forward to taking that F one hundred four. I did the yellow and black uh, tiger camo on the tiger meat job. Mm-hmm. If you've seen pictures of it lately, it'll be neat looking jet. Yeah, and talking about going to events and and pictures on Facebook, everyone should go on there and look at your what do you call it, the bomber RV. Yeah, <laughs> go into the albums on Tired Iron Aviation. Yeah. picture albums. Tell us about that real quick. The bomber RV. It's uh, it's a thirty three foot motorhome that I picked up. I guess about a year and a half ago. And the paint was a little faded on it. it. It had been in a storage lot. Somebody, an old couple had had to abandon it here in a storage place and they sold it for storage. And I got it and it was pretty cheap. The gas was bad and it cleaned it out and brought it home and used it a little bit. And I thought, I'm going to paint this thing up like an old World War II bomber graphics and everything. So Steve comes over and we, 
we start sanding this thing and getting all those vinyl stripes and stuff on it. Get this, it was a swinger before. My wife hated that name, so it was. So I said, "Don't worry about that name on there, honey. I'll I'll paint over that. Nobody will think we're swingers." <laughs> and uh, she doesn't like Cher, and uh, I don't either. <laughs> yeah, I painted it OD green, painted gray along the bottom, scalloped. You know, like the old uh-huh. camo. Put the big stars and bars on the side of it, big American flags on it, uh, tired iron aviation. And every time we go to an event, we print out, we, Cali Graphics fixes this up with these about six inch bombs that goes on there like our missions, you know, like a bombing run. And in that, in each one of them bombs, we put the name of the events that we've taken the bomber RV to. And then we have people that are there at the event, but anybody that wants to sign it, we let them sign it around the bomb that's got that event name on it or, you know, somewhere in that general area, it's getting pretty filled up now, but yeah, Mr. Pat from down at, uh, from down at triple tree, he signed it. Gosh, I don't know. Uh, Chloe and April from RC Safari, they've signed it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. It's neat inside. It's fixed up. It's got bunk beds where the dinette is. And it, you know, when we're traveling, store planes in that area and back in the back it's got a queen size bed and store a bunch of planes i think i got i was trying to think i think i got 47 planes in it one time coming back from now i had like 38 and i thought i can't get another one in it i'm not taking any of myself something if i buy something but i came home with you know there's always room for one more there's always room for one more and that was whole planes that's not taken apart the only plane that was taken apart is that big ovtn I brought back with me from now in the fall. Yeah. I remember seeing a picture. Every horizontal surface had planes. The hallway down between the center of it had them stacked up. The showerways piled up. The shower. Crap <laughs> yeah, definitely. But yeah. Go check that out. It, it's a, it's a cool paint job for an RV. Perfect yeah. to go to fun flies. Got everything. It's crazy. crazy. Yeah. When we pull in, when we take it, regular camping is the really fun part. <laughs> Everybody's like, what, what is, is that? that? Yeah. It's like, what are y'all doing? Well, we're camping. Okay. What else are you doing? <laughs> you know, it's like, are you here to in state martial law or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I'm trying to look this, uh, this camper up right now. You said it's on your, you hadn't seen it. No. Yeah. It's on his Facebook oh group. Actually, there's a whole thread on, uh, hobby walk about it but you scroll on down there you'll run into them you'll see as we we took pictures as we were painting it and, and putting the graphics on it we had okay, uh, okay. We had, i think i got okay swinger yeah so i do see i guess when you originally got it because it's like a white with a blue and pink trim yeah um, rv yeah <laughs> okay i see it this is awesome <laughs> yeah no, this looks really cool man wow yeah. And you said you had all, you know, at every fun flight you would have um, the bombs and you'd have people sign in and stuff. That's cool. Every major event. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right there underneath the driver and passenger door. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Right above where it says uh, the tight iron. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Nice. Yeah. People are like, what is going on? What are you doing at, <laughs> you know, this? What are you doing at KOA? Yeah. You know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think awesome. George might be one of these guys that would just paint everything olive drab. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> right. I have, I have painted everything olive drab. <laughs> I've had an olive drab Harley. I've had, you name it. Yeah. Nice. Fans, trucks, cars. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. We usually always had plenty of olive drab around painting these tanks and APCs and deuce and halves. You know, we'd buy it by the five-gallon bucket, so. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With this flying every day, you know, do you see an end to this, or do you think you're just going to keep on going until maybe one day you forget to fly? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to fly. I'm going to, you know, make an effort to fly every day as long as I possibly can. And, you know, hopefully I won't forget to fly. Usually if, if I usually catch it about, you know, the time I'm sitting down on the couch watching TV or something with my wife, it'll mm -hmm. hit me. Hey, I haven't flown. And um, because it's something that we just kind of, it's, it's just like, you know, brushing your teeth. It's something you're going to do yeah. every day. And, you know, no matter what, and I, I do highly recommend that for everybody is brushing your teeth as well as flying every day. But, <laughs> <Yes>. but, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's just funny. You know, if she knows we've got to go somewhere, she'll say, Hey, don't forget. You probably need to fly this morning because we're going so-and-so this going somewhere this evening or whatever. So it's just kind of uh, a way of life right now. It, it's really helped with, you know, my flying too. I mean, Sure, I bet, yeah. You know, every so often, you know, every few weeks, I'll see, you know, that I've kind of passed a, like a little threshold or something where I'm able to do something better than I was able to do before. And mm -hmm. it's uh, it's really helped a lot. I've got about 30 years of flying experience in in three years, probably. Uh -huh. Flying oh, easily. Yeah. Easily. So what constitutes as like a flight for you? You know, it's, it's a, like taking a little umx plane and just flying in your living room doing one circuit and be like okay i flew you know or is it like you have to fly a pack or you, you know do you ever be like outside. you gotta be outside it first, has to be outside okay yeah first rules you gotta be outside it's gotta be an rc plane for this now craig is doing something Helicopters, far yeah. harder in my opinion and far riskier flying the helicopter every day and he's still still at it but yep. um it's just amazing that you know flying like that, and I'm and it's it's helped Craig. When I first saw Flick, when I first met Craig, he he can fly a helicopter pretty good, but just circuits and stuff like that. Now it, he just he blows my mind. He he practices stuff on the sim. Mm -hmm. He didn't tell you this last week, but I'm gonna tell on you. Tell on him. He's got spreadsheets of all this stuff that he does, and he goes down and checks them off. What do you mean, like per flight, like? No, per, per like session, like, you know, reps, yeah, yeah. like you're a bodybuilder and you're doing, you know, like 50 of these or whatever. He'll have all these different ones. He does it so systematic. So really? Yes. And that's why he's got so good. I mean, he's like a machine. What yeah. a nerd. Yeah. I know. Seriously. Total geek. <laughs> <laughs> he's just going to tell you, he's proud of it. He's, he's the best geek I know. Uh, I love him. That's insane. So, so he's like, I mean, I, I know he's been working on like, wedding circuits and stuff and he's like okay i gotta do six like 10 rotations of pure wedding circuits in clockwise mm -hmm. and 10 doing a counterclockwise or whatever like he's like that like he's that diligent and and not just logging what he does but like knowing that he has like a a routine that he needs to kind of accomplish every yeah, session or every weekend got, or every day yeah he's got a whole he does on the sim he dialed in and then once he once he gets you know whatever you know you call that when you lace all this stuff together and and make it once he gets these routines done he'll, mm -hmm. you know he'll come out here and practice them and we'll just sit back over here at the hangar or the tent we got a tent right on the flight line a yeah. military frame tent and um we'll just of sit course. there and watch him and it's just amazing he goes out there where the where the helipad is and he likes to be out there kind of by himself for safety reasons and 
And uh, it's just a good place to watch for them, too, and shoot video. You're shooting video against that nice mountain range. Mm-hmm. And if you go to my YouTube channel, there's several of Craig's videos out there. Yeah, he's still diligent with it, but it uh, it shows. Because I, I met him uh, last summer up at your place. And in that short amount of time, I've seen a huge improvement in oh, his flying, absolutely. his progression. Yeah. Uh, can you just get better every time I see him? Yeah, uh, everybody that's taken the challenge uh, over at our other our AMA club, um, one of our old presidents, um, Doug, I can't pronounce his last name, but anyway, he took the, the Tired Iron Daily Flight Challenge, and he did, he's already gone a year, so AMA's uh-huh. already sent him a little plaque and everything, and, and he's working now, you know, he's over 400 days, I think, now, and uh, nice. on that, but he, he is, you know, he's the same way, he's, I think, 65, and he's like, you know, it, I, my 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 uh, ability has has grown more in this last year than has the last twenty years I've been flying because I'm doing it every single day and I'm building that muscle memory and just you just learn to become I don't know it sounds corny but become one with that plane when you're when you're flying you know that helicopter or whatever when you're coming in you understand how the air is going to affect it when you get that many hours under your belt you just I don't know you it gets to where it's a lot of fun. You can really rub the edges raw. Well, I'm flying in all weather conditions gets you used to all weather. You know, wind probably doesn't bother you at all. So yeah, yeah, we don't worry about wind. Right? No, we don't care. I hate the mud though. I hate getting a plane all nasty muddy and having to, you know, leave it out there in the car. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Sometimes that's part of it. But if like if you never fly when it's windy or too windy then you never get comfortable in the wind so when i first start forcing yourself to do it yeah you get better if if, when i first started flying if it was a barely a little puff you know i I wouldn't fly i'd think oh gosh but now you know if it's a constant you know coming in one heading wind i love it you know if it's coming most time the wind here we our runway is perfectly east to west and the the wind usually comes straight down the runway, and it's just perfect. Uh-huh. But there's days when it's all over the place, and it makes it a little bit rougher. But shoot, I like the wind. And some of the best days I have is when Shane or Dieter come over, and we're out here flying in 25 mile an hour wind, and just like flying a kite with a cub or some kind of flight test plane, or Dieter uh-huh. get out and chase us with the quads. Uh, we get some great aerial stuff from. From uh, these guys, Brad and Dieter, both they'll they'll chase us around when we get a new plane, get some good video of it. Motion likes that when we yeah for sure <laughs> video. We got some awesome of the Mirage with the afterburner and stuff in it. It's nice. up on the YouTube. When you go out flying every day, are there days that you just kind of go and go through the motions, kind of like eh, I need yeah. to fly, I'm gonna fly, yeah. but you don't feel like. You accomplish anything. You don't even feel like you're. You're not even, you know. Technically, like you, you're enjoying it, but you're kind of like, I'm not really having fun. You know, are there days like that? Because I mean, that's a lot of days. Like you're almost three years, and you'll be coming up on that thousand mark soon. And it's just like, wow. I, I can't say that I don't have some amount of fun every day, no matter what. Flying. There's days that it'll be so bad, windy or something. You're, you're trying to get a good good landing where you come in and you're, you're riding that wind and you just basically just set it down on the ground flat. But yeah. there, you know, I, I don't like to, I don't like to quit flying 
until I've made a really good landing. You know, if it's real bad randy or something like that, I might just take off and do a couple circuits, land, take off, do a couple circuits, land. I usually do at least two takeoffs and landings, mm-hmm. minimum, you know. Okay. But, um, but then there's days that I'll take, you know, eight or ten planes out there and run two or three packs each through them and fly for hours and, you know, not get a bit tired of flying. The next day, want to get right up and if it's nice, think about what I'm going to get out and fly. How long do you fly to consider to fly? Like if it's just terrible conditions, can you make one circuit? Oh yeah. And that yeah. counts or like you Listen, try to do a full battery you, pack or what? Now, if you take off and you, you're flying the plane under, under, it's under control, you know, it's not just, you know, take off and fly two feet and crash. What about I some think. of us that never fly under control? <laughs> yeah. Like Steve. Yeah. That's, uh, That'd work. I like to see somebody. I like to see somebody with a quad do it every day. Because I mean, it looks like to me that'd be easier. Be smaller. You have more batteries. Mm-hmm. You know, you can take it in your backpack. Yeah, it almost be too easy. That's, yeah. yeah. But to be the first to do it, you know. Sure. There had been a couple other people fly every day for a year when I started this. Mm-hmm. I researched, and the only thing I could find out on RC groups and through the AMA that there'd been a couple people that had gone a year back. Back in the day, you know, back in the balsa days and stuff, and okay, and nobody had really pursued it after that. So I figured, let's say 400 safe. Let's say that's the record. I felt like when I hit 400 days, I probably had flown an RC plane every day more than anybody. I figured by the end, I probably had the record. I mean, it's it's such a crazy number to like think about, like you know, 400, 500, even right? Like, I mean. I fly, I'm a weekend warrior. I fly basically one day a week, unless there's an event, which might be two days. But like on the average, I'm only doing 52 a year, 52 days of flying a year, you know, give or take. And there's obviously days, you know, weekends I don't fly. And, but you're, you know, you're doing that in less than two months. You're, you're accomplishing those Coming numbers. Coming up on a thousand days. Yeah. Like a I just. A thousand I, days. Just let that sink in for a moment. It's so just crazy. Just thinking, a, a thousand divided by fifty-two <laughs> weeks. Let's <laughs> don't think about it. Oh, a lot God. of days. I mean, it's like it's crazy because I would have to be flying for almost twenty years to reach that number. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> like twenty yeah. years, and I, you know, I've been flying for five, six. You know, but you know what? If you, if you think about it, though, let's say if you were just doing. Helis, you, you've got a little heli there that you could fly outside. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You, let's yeah. say you live in an apartment and you've got a balcony, yeah. you know. Yeah, backyard, make, whatever, yeah. You know, yeah. Or, or a parking lot or something. You mm-hmm. know, you can, you can chisel out 15 minutes of your day to run out and do something like that and try to, you know, it depends on where you lived, I guess, you know. Yeah. I, yeah. I, what I thought would be cool is, you know, if you lived somewhere that had like a big parking garage, fly, flying, trying to fly inside a parking garage between the floors. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? Be cool. <laughs> Trying to do circuits with a plane. Oh, that, yeah, that would, would be cool. <laughs> definitely depend on where you live. Because if you lived in city or something, oh, yeah, yeah, it'd be hard to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and, and too, listen, I'm spoiled, guys. I mean, you know. Yeah, you have a field in everybody your backyard. Everybody knows. <laughs> I, you know, I, I taxi right out the door of my hangar. Taxi uh-huh. right down the taxiway to the edge of the runway. Take off. Fly. You know, I mean, I'm spoiled. Yeah. I've got, got the yeah. runway in the hangar right here. 
when Craig was on, I was saying it kind of making me feel shitty because I really have no I reason know. not to be doing this. Yeah. yeah. Like, Think about what kind know. of pilot you would be if you could take twenty years worth of flights and cram it into <laughs> three a couple years. years. Yeah, three years. I mean, or less. Yeah. Yeah. Think about like, oh my god, seriously. I mean, that's just I don't know. Stick time. Yeah. So let me, let me. So once you started doing this, obviously you saw yourself improve. Did you have you ever plateaued though? Like you know, at four hundred days, you're just like. You know, 400, 450, 500 days, you're like, I don't feel like I'm getting any better. You feel, you know, you're like, you know, no, your skills not at all. Plateau? I guess I really? was so bad. I was so bad starting out that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's been really easy to see. Because, uh, you know, think about it. I started flying again, you know, I'm 54. I was about 51 when I bought my first plane just to mm-hmm. hang up and look at. And because uh, I don't count that when I was a kid, that's not really, you know, I mean, yeah, it's been so long ago. But um, it, it just really, it, it's a real pleasant part of my life. I, I struggle with anxiety a lot. I've had some uh, events that caused a little PTSD, I think, in the past. Uh, mm-hmm. I was on a mission trip in Columbia one time, and my wife and I was taking at gunpoint. They thought we worked for an oil company, and they were going to hold us for ransom and oh, let wow. us go. That was pretty pretty uh, disturbing yeah. time, but things like that. But, that. but that anxiety, I can come home and fly. And that just, you know, I'm flying. I'm thinking about that plane, thinking about how well it's flying or how well it's not flying. Oh, or, no, I hear you. You know, man. and it yeah. just, man, that, that anxiety and pressure, you know, the live video stuff, that's that's a lot of pressure. You know, when you've got mm-hmm. a thousand eyes, you know, in the room and another 15,000 online, it's, uh, it's a lot of pressure. But that, oh, yeah. I think that's why I, one of the main reasons I like it so well even doing it when there's nobody around. I love flying with other people. I love just hanging out here in the hangar on a hangar day and helping people work on their planes or hearing stories about how they got in the hobby and stuff. But but um, that relaxation part of it is really something. I mean, when you're flying, you're you're not thinking about did I did I you know put my time in for that project this week? Blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm just flying. Oh yeah, yeah, no, totally. You know, my wife doesn't understand why I like this hobby so much and obviously the friends and, and the you know camaraderie but like it's also because flying a 3D helicopter takes a lot of concentration and it's you know when, when especially when like I'm having a stressful week and just a busy week they're like I get to take that one day to just goof off with the guys take my mind off of everything you know and like and then get some satisfaction like oh man I just threw down a freaking killer flight you know, it's 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 great, and and the helicopter yeah. is going home in one piece. I love it. You know, yeah. No, so I feel you on that for sure. Yeah, it's good. We're having a big hangar day this Saturday, and uh, it's it's raining now, and it's supposed to rain until Saturday, so it'll be a a swamp. But you know, even if we just hang out here in the hangar and maybe fly a couple of cubs or you know an old ref jet or something, we'll have a great time. I've got a bunch of aviation movies. We'll throw on a movie and and watch it. Nice. A lot of us, a lot of us, are Star Wars fans. We'll watch some Star Wars episodes. I, yep, I click can't Star go wrong Wars with that. Yeah. So, so are there days where you go out flying? And you're like, I want to do this. I want to learn to. I don't know. I don't know if you fly inverted a lot. Maybe like do a lot of inverted flight. Like I just want to take off, roll it, and just be inverted the whole time. You know, <laughs> you ever like have any goals like that, like, or kind of like how Craig does his regiment? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm really bad about 
pushing the edge. I don't care to crash a plane. I really don't. Well, you got I, enough I, to spare, though. <laughs> I like I like to play a game of. Uh, I, I like the World War II fighters, so I've got like some P forty sevens and 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 Mustangs and mm-hmm. Corsairs. That you know, they've been flown a bunch. They've got hundreds of flights on. They're beat up, and I do crazy stuff like flying inverted and dragging the tail on the runway. Nice, yeah. Yeah. You know, stuff like that of course it bites me every once in a while i was doing that not long ago at jcrc on the paved runway mm-hmm. and landed landed a nice p47 upside down mm-hmm. i was just barely i was just barely touching the rudder and yeah. all of a sudden it just dropped it just it got enough yeah it track. just dragged it, enough yep mm-hmm. it, it, it pulled the prop down on the ground the prop stopped immediately because i wasn't going that fast and it just landed on two props and that tail and skidded to a perfect stop dead in the center of the runway. Mm-hmm. And when it came to complete stop, then I put the landing gear down, which was actually up because <laughs> right. everybody, nice. everybody just cracked up. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Andy, you got any other questions or should we move on? Let's we, move on to yeah, top yeah? 10. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we have a top 10. We're going to just shoot you some quick questions and just off the top of your head, let us know the answer. All right, so let's do the top 10 shotgun round. Let's do it. All right, Andy, you want to go first? Sure. Uh, these are just quick questions, George, so just I've heard answer. some of your answers on them, Andy. They're not <laughs> okay. all, they're, they may be quick questions. <laughs> they're not always quick answers. Well, they're supposed to be. It's the shotgun round. But. I'll try my best. <laughs> first one is pinch or thumb? Oh, thumb. All right. 100%. Uh, nitro or electric? Electric. Park flyer size or larger, like quarter scale? Bigger the better. Okay. Nice. Uh, do you fly any planes with gyros in them? Uh, maybe one or two with AS3X. I'm not a big gyro mm-hmm. fan. Okay. Uh, sport or 3D? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd say a combination. Okay. Okay. Uh, strap or strapless? Strapless. Those things are dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's see. It's like chorus or brush of servos, but would you go with like um, high end servos or uh, low end? Yeah, just cheap some some cheap nine grand like, servos or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to try to stay middle of the road on about everything like that. You know, quality but not over the top. I'm not going to do you know laser etched aluminum housing servos or something like that. But I'm going to, you know, I'm going to use a digital metal gear servo okay. and most of the stuff I've, I've well, fairly higher end types. Yeah. 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 Okay. This one doesn't kind of apply, but, um, like profile versus a f- full fuselage plane. Oh, now listen, I does. I like a full fuselage, even, full you know, if it's like the, um, what was that thing? We were just talking about the goblin mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah. 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 I like that. You know, and then the scale helicopters, of course, I like a military type fuselage and I like yep. them all. You know, I like to see some of the Russian helicopters done with like the big booms that hang out with all the sure. ordnance and stuff on them. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, definitely I like a fuselage on a plane. Except nice. for, you know, an old uh, uh, bale with, you know, with a big ba- bubble in the front and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Nice. I love helicopters. I just can't fly one. Well, we, we, we can change that. Yeah. High KV small prop, or you prefer a low KV big prop? Low KV big prop. Okay. okay. And then, do you like small events or big events like Jonal or um, stuff like that? Well, 
I don't like crowds, but Joe Nall is such a different experience. It's mm-hmm. not like a big crowd. It, it's more, it's more like just having about 1500 of your best buddies come over and hang out and grill and fly and just hang out and camp out and stuff. So it's nice. really more, it's not, I, I've never been to some of the other events, like the one day big events with that many people just show up all at one time. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how well I would fare in that type of situation, but I love the Nall events. It's just like family down there. And, nice. um, so helpful we the tired iron guys we we paint the runway on the electric line and um they just they just thought that was the greatest thing in the world that we do that you know so we've adopted that and started doing that every year nice awesome all right that wasn't too cool. bad no you did excellent yes yeah, try to keep it short all right let's move to news and announcements all uh right. i guess i'll say it news <laughs> and announcements <laughs> All right, so what do we have here? Uh, the FAA uh, released yeah. some more news or an update or whatever. Basically, they're saying now you need to mount, you need to display your registration number on the outside of the aircraft. Yep. No more on in battery hatches on the battery right. or anything. They didn't say how big it needs to be, but it does need to be able. To, to be, be seen without yeah. opening anything. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yep. So, whatever. I guess make it really small and stick it on the <laughs> bottom. Well, I'll just print it out on clear labels with black ink and put it on a carbon fiber frame. So, yeah. it's That's there. <laughs> I actually had Callie, uh, I sent it just in an email having a bunch done. Just, you know, name, phone number, and uh, AMA and FAA numbers clear with black letters and yeah. Uh, it's going to stick them somewhere that's, you know. Yeah, I guess if you put them on the bottom, they wouldn't yeah. be too annoying yeah. as far as like a scale aircraft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or maybe in a, you know, I don't know, just well, on printed, the bottom somewhere. I made these where they actually look like some kind of nomenclature or something, you know? Uh-huh. So they, they, they shouldn't even, you know, you shouldn't, if, even if I put it like on the, on the side, like underneath the elevator or something. Right, it just it just look like some kind of nomenclature or something. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, nice. And it's so you know I, I got thinking about that. Why you know, well, you know, are they going to see uh, an FFA number and say, "Oh, this this one's legit"? Uh, we can go ahead and pick it up, and then boom, it blows up. But you know, I guess what they could do before they even touch it, if they can see the number, or if they can flip it over with a pole or something, flip mm-hmm. it over and see the number, they can call and get that person's number immediately. And say, you know, call, give me a call and say, hey, George, we found your plane over here. Oh, cool. I've been looking for it. Just want to make sure you know you, know you, you were flying next to a nuclear facility. And, you know, you shouldn't be doing that, blah, blah, blah. So, which I wouldn't do. But, I, you know, I I just think it's a lot of something for nothing, really. Yeah. Well, the problem is anybody with a number is not going to be doing something to, yeah. you know, the the people that are going to cause problems are not going to have a number to start with. Yeah. So I won't get into of, politics, but it's kind of like the gun debate. You know what I mean? The, yeah. the gun, the gun laws, the, the people that are law abiding, will fight, you know, they'll, they'll submit to them. And the ones that are, you know, criminals are not going to. So nope. it's the same right. thing, you know, and most of the people that are causing problems in our hobby are not even AMA members, you know, right. that's what I'm saying. They're, they're not even going to yeah. know they need a damn number. So yeah. Yeah. So what are they accomplishing with this? Absolutely nothing. 
to get your five bucks or whatever it costs, or get getting their info so they know how many how many of us they are and all that. Yeah. Yep. For myself now, you know, I'm getting off subject here a little bit on the news, but here here at Tired Iron Aviation, I've got basically three rules. You need to have AMA. You need to have your AMA. If you're going to fly here on a regular basis, you need to have AMA. If you're just learning how to fly and see it, and if you're going to like it or not, you know, yeah. we'll keep, we'll keep them on the property, you know, with the buddy box and, and mm-hmm. keep them safe. But if they're going to fly on a regular basis, they need to have AMA. Second thing is they need to ha- be nice and have fun. That's kind of a, maybe four things but, <laughs> and then be safe. You know, don't be mm-hmm. doing, you know, we all do stuff. that's kind of crazy, but don't be recklessly dangerous. Yeah. Right. Normal dangerous is and if you're gonna be recklessly dangerous, you just gotta make sure everyone's aware, you know, it's it's like set in a safe environment to do so. Right. Well, yeah. yeah, be dangerous in a safe way. Yeah. You can be dangerous but do it you know Yeah, yeah. Thirty feet out instead of five feet out. Yeah, or whatever, yeah. You know. You're not in, right in your face trying to do something yeah. stupid, right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so I mean I printed out all these labels. I'll, I'll eventually find time to stick them on my plane uh my planes and hollies you know the uh, my club does require an fa number and i did check and my number is still good from i guess whatever i registered initially i think because you get three years right uh-huh. but i'm i just i don't know i feel like i feel like that you know if, if ama is telling you to do this and uh, the clubs are telling you to do this and you know i mean pretty much no choice to do to do it but it's uh-huh. like I I don't understand what it's accomplishing, and I just, you know, I can't I can't be I can't back something that I don't understand. You know, it doesn't make any sense to me. Right. So, yeah. But anyway, I guess, I guess mm-hmm. looking at it from my point of view, I, you know, I'm in the hobby, and I want to try to set a good example for, yeah. you know, exactly. be a good ambassador to the hobby. So that's yeah. that's why you know for the most part I do um, put these numbers in my planes on my planes but mm-hmm. but you know i probably won't be sticking these stickers all over the outside of my planes that i just fly here at tired iron aviation there's a lot of planes i'll probably never take off this property yeah and um you know i probably won't put them on yet we've got a big enough place here we can fly over our own property uh the whole time other than 100 acres that belongs to the railroad that's landlocked nobody can even get to it's just forest so mm-hmm. you know uh, if I, you know, if I, if I'm taking planes out to the AMA club where I'm going to events, I will definitely have a sticker on the outside of my plane. Yeah, and like you said, I I do believe that, like you know, I'll do it for the sake of the the hobby. Exactly. But I mean, you know, at the end yeah, of the day, it's still sense. like whatever. <laughs> like it yeah. Make well, sense. you can do it and still not agree with it, exactly. which is kind of where we all are. Yes. Yep. Yes. I agree. All right. What else do we have here? The long-awaited. Synergy 516 stretch kit is now available. Mm-hmm. And all you need is a carbon fiber boom, a belt, and a push rod. They made it work without boom support. So that's pretty sweet. And, which is funny. But what does it stretch it to? A 556? Five, five, yeah. So, 550, 556, five, whatever. So why not? Why is there boom supports on a 556? On a I don't know. It's nitro and it doesn't. It's not using a carbon fiber boom. I guess if you use a carbon fiber boom on it, mm. I don't know. You think torque tube would make any difference? Like um, if the boom's flexing up and down a little bit, would it? So wait, it's a five sixteen belt. It's belt, yes. right? Yes. But the five five six is torque tube. 
Correct. No, I would think the tortilla would actually add a little bit because of the bearing blocks in there. You know, it would kind of act like stiffeners. Right. I couldn't see like a belted would probably be less stiff because all you have is a belt in there. Well, here's you know? the thing. I guess try putting the uh, carbon fiber boom on the in five five six. Like you say, how it goes. Might work. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But so, is this something that only Fine Hellies is doing, or is this no, something? No, that this Matt... is just. I just happened to say he's got the parts in stock. Okay. Uh, only Fine Hellies, or you can go to the Synergy store. It basically it, consists of three parts, and this it's is, uh, this is something that I've been I've been, you know, a big advocate of and and telling that Matt should be doing for a long time is yes. it's to take you know like I you know I have the E five super stretch right and uh-huh. it's like for me to stretch it I had to like talk to a team pilot who stretched theirs and and then you know. They they told me what parts to get, what gear ratios to get, this and that. It's like why not? Like people are doing it and they want to do this. Why not just? Here's a kit. Give me three hundred dollars that has everything you need. You know, like done, all said and done. And then, and then it makes it easier for someone that doesn't know all the parts numbers or doesn't know the the brand, right? Because I don't know synergy. And it's like that was cool. You know, that'd be so much easier than the struggles I had to go through, like talking to this person and that person, trying to figure out which part numbers i need to get and this and that and it's like i mean yeah i don't know it's like the easier it yeah. is the more people can adopt to right. it right you know? and this one seems pretty simple like they give you the yeah. three part numbers and if you um wherever you go they they're just listed as like uh 516 carbon fiber tail boom stretch yeah you know 635 millimeter mm-hmm. and then a 516 tail belt stretch so it's very easy to see what you need yes and it looks like uh, $68 for the three parts. And I did notice if you don't want to reuse your tail push rod ends, mm-hmm. like if you don't want to cut yeah. them off and drill them out, you would need new tail push rod ends to glue on. Yeah, see, and that should be part of it. Like, you shouldn't have to reuse something that's glued on. Because you're supposed to JB or epoxy them on. Like right. trying to break that off later on. I mean, it's yeah, possible. I would just buy. I would buy new ones. Yeah, like I wouldn't. Tw- even, they're twelve bucks. So right, right. I wouldn't even want to reuse the ball links. Like you know, like really, yeah. you know. So that that's one thing. Like I, you know, come on, make make it seventy five bucks. Include everything, so it's like you could swap back and forth if you wanted to. Right. I mean, granted, you know, not the tail casing and stuff like that, but. Um, so any change on the gear ratio for the belt or is it still run the same, um, tail pulley? Um, I'm guessing, right? I running mean, the same. Maybe just bigger uh, blades to give more tail authority. Yeah. Or, well, see, there's already a speed up pulley, so you could use that. There was, there's two, two ratios for the five sixteen. Mm-hmm. a, like a 4.5 and a five to one. So. With the five to one, and like you say, run a bigger blade, you should have plenty of authority. Yep. And of course, you can gear your motor pinion to whatever you you know if you want to change mm-hmm. your head speeds, which you yep. would want to. So that that stuff's already out there, uh, and they've been wanting to do this for a while. It, uh, I think the belt was kind of a hold up sourcing a belt throughout mm-hmm. length that didn't cost a fortune. 
Yep. So it looks like he's finally figured that out. Nice. So, like I said, uh, Shannon and Only Fine Hellies has them, and I'd say all the Synergy dealers will be carrying them. Oh, yeah. The yeah, parts. Definitely. Yeah. Well, talking about Shannon real quick, though, he was doing, um, is that still on the, he was doing a brain giveaway? Uh, no, that ended a few days ago. Oh, okay. And uh, Rob Cole won it. No way, Rob, yeah? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It's yeah. awesome he to win- hear when, when someone he, we know wins something. He wins everything, apparently. <laughs> I know. One of the fun flies, he won like sons. I know he won a stuff. lot. I think it was like fall mow down spring fling. He won. So yeah. yeah, no, but that was cool. He won and did a little video, thanking nice. Shannon and stuff. So that was neat. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, Rob's a good guy, man. Yeah, he's a good dude mm-hmm. for sure. I saw dates for the 2019 Heli Extravaganza is ten nine through ten thirteen. And that's at the Triple Tree Aerodrome in Woodruff, South Carolina. Same place nice. they do Joe Nall. Mm-hmm. I wanted to throw that out there. Do you know the dates for Joe Nall this year, George? Yes. it's right. uh, It starts Saturday, May 11th. Okay. May 11th. And would run that whole week, basically. Right. I saw a note that Extreme Flight is now shipping direct to Canada. So that's neat if you live in Canada. It, they did say that the order must be placed by phone so that they can figure out the best shipping option. Mm, yep. They have their phone number is 770-887-1794. goes to the office if you want to make an order or something. So if you're up north, you can just order direct. You won't have to go through a dealer or anything, and they'll ship it straight to you. Nice. I don't know what it's going to cost. <laughs> it may cost a fortune. But it might cost a fortune. It might not get there either. That was that's the disappointing part of um Really? Yeah. Yeah, we sh- we uh, my job we had to ship a couple of laptops up to Canada. Uh-huh. We're we're talking just to Toronto, like nothing, you know, yeah. major city. Like and yeah, one of the laptops it, it got there completely demolished. Oh the, damn. The original box was ripped open and they put in a FedEx box and that was you know that got there, but when you when the person receiving a laptop opened up the laptop, the screen was cracked. Big dead. Oh, jeez. Yeah, three thirty-six hundred dollar laptop done. <sighs> yeah. So. Damn. But that can kind of happen anywhere. Yeah, that 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 can happen in the states. That can happen anywhere. Just yeah. you know, we, got, we we've seen those videos. You know I've how got these packages boxes are of stuff where it was just like the whole side was open. Yeah, yeah. It's good that companies are starting to do, like direct ship things. Um, just makes it easier. It makes things more available for folks. So, right, that's good. One of the news that we got an email for RC Flight Deck will be closing their doors March thirty first, and uh, so they'll be no longer open for new members and taking new events. And November thirtieth, the site will close down. They're going to keep it going for a couple larger events mm-hmm. up through November, but then that's it. This really sucks. It's really unfortunate. We've sort of seen this coming. We've talked about it before. They were planning to close the site down and were trying to get somebody to to basically license the software, like the AMA. And AMA sounds like was not interested in even trying it out, from what we heard. Mm-hmm. 
which is super unfortunate because it, it really worked well. Is a great way for people throwing events to have registration and accept money as well as uh, me going to events. I love to be able to pre-register and just roll up at the event, give them your name and you get your, your stuff. You don't have to handle money or do any of that. So I don't know kind of what everybody's going to do now. Yeah. I mean, not even that it was, it was the easiest method for me to know what events are out there. Right. Like I search for events. Yeah. I know AMA has in the magazine, but it's like, I mean, I don't know. I, every time I look through it, it's like, yeah, I see some events that I want to go to. Sometimes I don't. And it's it's just not like a nice place to go because you can't see like a flyer. You don't see any pictures. It's just like this little snippet, you know, kind of like the old school classified ads. Right. You know? Unless so, you already know the event or are familiar with it, you yeah. really don't know what you're getting into. Yep, exactly. And that was the cool thing about RC Flight Deck. You could usually pull up a list of people that were already registered so you could see, oh, yeah, there's, you know, I know this guy and this guy. And these buddies are going to be there, so I'm definitely going. Or, you know, there's going to be 20 people or 100 or whatever. You, you, it was cool to kind of – and I imagine people throwing events or planning the events, it was good to have a somewhat idea of how many people were planning to attend. Yeah, how much food to prep if they're you know, doing a like Palestine a t-shirt or something like how that. Many t-shirts to get, yeah, yeah, all that stuff, you know. Because any any type of like advanced foresight that you know the event planners can get helps because then they can plan for it. You know, it's like I don't know how many people are coming to the Free Forest Sea Heli Fest. It's like maybe thirty, maybe forty. Who knows? Um, but I get a nice general idea once, you know, I have that side up and it's like, okay, I got 25 pre-registered people. Then I know at least, you know, 20, 25 people are going to be there. And then you kind of add your overhead, right? Just uh, to folks that don't know about it or don't want to, you know, um, have commitment issues, right? Don't want to commit to anything until the last minute. Um, yeah. And it's like, I don't know. It sucks that this is closing now and then, you know, it's like, it seems like they're, they're, they named a bunch of folks, not people, but I guess a main stuff causing this, that they're just done with this stuff at this point. So, right. Yeah. And I haven't really talked to AMA side yet to yeah. find out their mm-hmm. side of the story. Sure. I might reach out to someone and get some more info, but from mm-hmm. the information we've got so far, yeah. it doesn't sound good. No, <laughs> it sounds no. like it's like yeah, we don't even want to try that. We're not interested. Yeah, yeah, kind of threw AMA under the bus in my opinion. So but, yeah, so yeah, that's that. Maybe is. something else will come along and take its place. Hopefully, in this day and age, you know, I'm I'm sorry, but like publication, like you know, magazines, like I don't know. I get them; they're, they're stacked in my living room, but. I, I rarely go through them anymore. It's like everything is online. Everything is has to do with the internet, you know. So it's kind of like you give it to times or you get left behind. So right, yeah. What else do we have here? Well, I did want to mention uh, mm-hmm. if you haven't listened to our special announcement episode, then you should go back and listen to it. What are you doing? Yes, yeah, try to keep up. Come on. Like I said, get with the times. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I think we're kind of running long, so we I'd like to discuss yeah. this maybe next week or something uh, when Kevin's here. Yeah. But I, 
I was I was a little curious. I got to thinking, what are they going to do the other contests, like the Battle of the Brands and the Nightfly, and all yeah, that? I didn't even think and about that. I yeah. reached out to one of the Urchin members today, mm-hmm. and he confirmed that everything else is still happening. So the Battle of the Brands, the uh, the Night. I guess I don't know if they're going to do the Midnight Sun again or just mm-hmm. a normal night competition. And they're still planning to do the Urch's Got Talent. I don't understand that one either now. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, he said hopefully that might shake up the Battle of the Brands a little bit and get some more variety, which it could because if the, the very top guys are going to be competing in the other one, maybe we get some of the, some of the other guys, some of the other like awesome pilots to fly in the Battle of the Brands. I don't want to say second tier, but... The B squad, huh? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean it's it's not really that because some of these guys are are just you know could be. I'd just be happy as good to be B squad. <laughs> you know? But when you got the you know the top ten pilot, you know the names that yeah. everybody knows, the pros. Mm-hmm. If they compete in the the world competition, then maybe we can see some of these other guys, up and coming guys, in the battle of the brands. Sure. So I mean, possibly. Possibly, or it could just be they're competing in that one too, you know? Because, yeah, sure. You know, yeah, because the brand's going to want to display their best. Right. Um, you know, well, the I pilot's going to want to display their best. So it could just be that those are the same pilots that are, are flying both. So yep. who knows? So are you going to be up? Are you going to do battle brands? No. Oh. <laughs> if they have a contest for who can do the most boring fly, I'll enter that. I'll do the contest who could do the highest 3D maneuvers. <laughs> Woo. Damn, he's up there. <laughs> do 3D I'll, up top. <laughs> I'll do highest auto. Oh, yeah, you got that, though. <laughs> be, be me and Nick Maxwell out there competing. <clears throat> you, Nick Maxwell. Maybe Devin. Yeah. Devin Devin's up there. He gets up there. He might beat really us all. He could probably see better. Yeah. Those <laughs> 17-year-old eyes, man. Yeah, He'll exactly. See a lot better. It's not, about, spe- it's not about how, how good you really are. It's, it's about your audience. So, you know. Yeah. 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 I'm going to get me some special eyeglasses made with binoculars in them. <laughs> Instead of bifocals, I'll have a binocular lens. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> so, I guess that's it for news. Mm-hmm. Our news segment. I do have a preview video uh, audio, but I don't have, like, a final. So, I'm not sure if we should play it. Maybe we um, should save it for yeah. next week, Kevin. We can save it for next week with Kevin back on the show, and um, it would be yeah, you know, just be easier because then I could give Mike a little more time to get more yeah. finished product over to us. Um, do have let's see here. So what's next for you in the hobby? Let's what's next for you, Steve? AMA East, the old AKA Ram Show, is uh, it's gonna be when this episode gets released. That next day, Thursday night, Friday morning, Friday morning, I yep. should be on my way to uh, Secaucus Expo Center in New Jersey here, where I'm going to be picking up my, hopefully they have it. I don't want to pre-order it. I want to go there and hopefully they have it. I'm. This is their latest plane from Extreme Flight, or the newest plane, I guess you could say, right? Their 60-inch version 2. And I'm hoping they'll have a couple of them because I will be at that door when they open and I'm going to beeline it straight for Extreme Flight and go pick up that plane. 
going over there Friday morning to get Fr- it. I took the day off. They op- doors open at eleven. I'll be there at ten thirty. At least that's my plan. That eleven o'clock, I'm gonna just <laughs> walk right in, see where Extreme Flight is, go straight there, and say, "All right, I want this plane and all these accessories. What can you do for me?" Uh, you hear that, people? Don't get in Steve's way, or he's don't get in my way. Uh, don't even say hi to me. Down. After I'm carrying out this big ass box with a you know sixty inch three D plane, sure you can you can talk to me <laughs> after that. But <laughs> I am there He's for on a sole mission. purpose to yes, my mission is to get that plane and to get the color scheme. Hopefully that I want it. Um, <laughs> and then after that, you know, I'll put it in the car and I'll have fun. And we, you know, we can. I, you know, I took the day off. So what else am I gonna do? You know, I'll hang out for a little bit. Maybe grab lunch with a couple of my coworkers. Um, that I used to work in a building that's right around there, and then uh, and then probably go home and start building the plane. Right. Maybe have it ready for the weekend. Who knows? Maiden Saturday. Yeah, Maiden Saturday Sunday. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much it for me. I, I you know, I'm I'm I've been bad. I've been kind of getting into another hobby recently, and um, and it's not RC cars. No. Not not that stuff. It's not, it has nothing to do with RC. It's actually um, more to do with home improvement and, and stuff. So I've kind of been getting into woodworking, and, and I've been buying a whole bunch of woodworking tools, you know, routers, router tables, all this stuff. So I, I need to uh, – I want to actually try to work on um, this Friday, hopefully, if Kevin's feeling better, want to do another build night um, and and try to at least get – the 91 rebuilt and get that installed. Um, his servos came in, so we try to install all his, uh, you know, electronics. And hopefully, you know, it might not be made and ready, but, you know, majority of the work being done, that it'll mm-hmm. look like a built helicopter, you know, and then we'll have to do some, you know, setup on the electrics, you know, the, yeah. and like, you know, get everything kind of ready and prepped. But, I, you know, I, I can see by next weekend... We're gonna fuel this baby up and start breaking in that motor again, and you know we'll, we're gonna be flying. A, Kevin's gonna have a brand new Glogo, and he's gonna be flying it. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. And I, I gotta take a pull on it. I can't. I can't help but you know. Of course. <laughs> Spending all that time working on the helicopter, I gotta at least get a pull on it, right? Of course. Once the motor's broken in, though, I don't want to do no boring, you know, hovering <laughs> and sport. Kind of let Kevin do the boring, then you're gonna yeah. get it and start ripping. Yeah, exactly. A nine pound, <laughs> nine pound nitro, man. That's gotta feel freaking light, you know. Because my that that synergy, while you know, before I kind of t- took all the electronics out of it and everything, you know, was an eight and a half pound electric. Like it was super light for a seven hundred, you know. Yeah. So and it, you know, it's cool. It kind of had weird tendencies being so light because everything affected it, but. Um, yeah, I know. I, just, I gotta see this nitro. It's, you know, it's gotta have good fuel economy too, being so light. So, I'm, I'm interested. Oh, it's to see definitely how this goes. gonna be awesome. Yeah, when are you getting yours, man? When are you getting one? I don't know. I'm surprised you haven't pre-ordered one from Shannon. Eh. Is, that, is that what's next for you? No. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I gotta get another electric first, then maybe a nitro later in the year. Mm. So yeah, what's for you? Uh, what's next for you, Andy? AMA East. Really? Maybe. Mm. You're going to make the drive up, huh? You would say it was like 10? It's 10 hours. That is a drive. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a little unsure with the weather and everything. Like, Mm -hmm. I might come anyway, 
but if I'm not hardly done with my project here on the farm and the weather's crappy, I might just not make it. Because, <laughs> well, like I said, it's it's twenty hours of driving to go up there and back. If you so. cut, yeah, and that's nonstop. Like with stops, it's gonna be yeah, definitely yeah. more. Yeah. Um, if you do come, I don't care, rain or shine, we're gonna do that scientific experiment that we're gonna do. We're gonna do that science <laughs> experiment, okay. and and then you know, and don't worry about it. Like if if it de- turns out not to be great, I got another three D balsa plane that we can use too. Yeah, I don't. I don't really mind because now that I got the sixty inch, and plus I still have that X ray, um, the little forty two inch or thirty nine inch, thirty nine inch X ray three oh, yeah. D play. Did you made that this week? No, I haven't made it yet. Um, yeah. It's all built. I just got to put the wheels on it and install the ESC and, and and the prop, and that's it. Oh, okay. Like that. You know, the servos are on there. The um, the receiver, everything's you know set up in there. Um, I, I went with just a, a what do you call it. Uh, spectrum receiver. I didn't put a Neo or anything like that in there, but that's fine. I'm just gonna fly like that on my on the 3D hobby shop. Not the 3D hobby shop. The extreme flight plane. I am gonna put a Neo in there and fly it with the V control. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, for this plane, I just you know it's all ready to go. Really, I mean, I gotta. Will you use uh, like V plane, or will you just use it as a receiver? I'm gonna go V plane um, uh-huh. because you know, first of all, the Neo I'm putting in there is Pro Rescue, so like I, you know, it's nothing to load yeah, V plane. You already got it. Yeah, um, and I, I kind of want to try it with the gyros just to see, like... Well, I was going to say, how does it do with 3D stuff? Supposedly, like, it does great, like... Does it get in your way or anything? hmm Like, it doesn't fight you on the No, because stuff you can, you can customize way. it completely. Like, I, I normally turn it off. I normally fly with zero gains on. Okay. But, like, I can dial in anywhere from, like... Five percent, ten percent to a hundred percent, where everything is wagging like crazy, you know. Um, so that's how come you know you can configure it as much and and as much as you want, and it's all done on a transmitter, so it's not like I have to ever hook it up to a computer or do anything. It's just it's all there. Right. Um, so I could I could adjust it even on the fly by assigning the gains to a rotary knob, right, or a, a trim switch. So um, I'm gonna try because I heard like it's insane. Like you can just. You can hold in a knife edge and I'll just like knife edge down the runway, power up, crank that rudder and just knife edge the other way right back down the runway. Like, so I want to yeah. try stupid things like that. But normally, most likely I'm going to be stick banging it. Just, you know, corners. Let's see what this corner does. That corner. Let's rotate everything and see what happens. Right. Um, so I'm going to play with it. And I, I do want to kneel in there just for the sake of like, if I need to, if it's really windy and it's like, you know. I need, I want to turn the gyros on. I can't, you know. Uh-huh. It's just nice to have that option. Not that I'm going to use it or not. Cool. So uh, hopefully you can make it up. I think um, I think you'd have a good time and hopefully Kevin will feel better. So, um, you know, we could all get together and we are going to meet up with the RC Roundtable folks. So. Right. That's that's part of the reason I want to come. And I just, I would like to see the the AMA <laughs> is, show. Yeah. Is the Urcha guys going to be up here too, I thought? Or I don't um, remember I'm what they said. Sure. They went well. Um, basically, well, the Taylor Rotors guys were mm-hmm. up doing supporting Urcha last year. Yeah, they're, but they're I'm not sure if yeah. they're doing it again this year. Well, I, I think they're doing their Urcha booth again. So, like, okay. you'll have Ian Bryce, who's an ambassador, maybe Monty. Right. I'm not sure right. Monty's going to drive up there because I know it was kind of crazy for um, the Taylor Rotor guys to come up last time. Well, they went one day. Like, <laughs> yeah, they went. They went, they went four in the morning. Drove up there. Yeah. did the thing. They drug, went to the city. Drug Shaggy through Manhattan. 
Yeah, Times Square. And then drove which, back. Yeah, and then drove back. Yeah, <laughs> and and I think Shaggy's main complaint was like not even the, I mean definitely the 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 crowds in Times Square, but it was like it was the most expensive burger I've ever bought at Applebee's. It's like why the <laughs> fuck did you go to Applebee's in fucking Times Square? Like that doesn't make any sense. Uh, but whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. You got anything else or? That's all I got. All right. What about you, George? What do you got going on? We've got a hangar day coming up Saturday, and then it's going to be a mad dash before our spring uh, fly-in we have. That's at the end of March, I think March the 30th, for uh, you know, like two and a half days. We've got a lot of work to get done. We're building a covered patio <clears throat> on the side of the hangar, nice. and uh, going to have a, you know, kind of a fire pit with a table around it and about six chairs around it. So be a nice place out of the rain if it's a rainy day or something. We're going right. to try to get that done before the end of March. And we still haven't got the full-scale Bonanza V-tail out here um, painted up and with our decals on it. It's going to be our guard, uh, gate guard out here at the end of the highway. Yeah, I forgot we didn't even get into those. Uh, you've got, what, two full-scale fuselages you're going to do something well, with? We've got... We've got two fuselages, and then we've got the Bonanza. It's a complete plane minus, you know, the motor and interior and everything. But it's the one that's up on the stand. It looks like it's in a dive. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we, we got, we're going to try to maybe paint it Saturday. I don't know. Nice. The weather, weather's just been so bad, you know. Haven't yeah. had a chance to really spray it. Once we spray it, we can get the graphics on it, and it'll look cool. We'll hollowed up there at the end of the driveway and stake it down. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah. People, people will be, be driving out through the back, you know, back roads in the middle of nowhere and there'll be a plane sitting there. <laughs> yeah. Like, how'd it get there? There's people stops by now where they can see it, you know, sitting here beside the hangar. We've got it though. And we've got a, we've got a, uh, a piper that we're going to make a tree house out of. It's, it's the whole fuselage and it's got most of the interior in it got the control still in it hooked up to the elevator and rudder and oh, that's we're cool. gonna, yeah we're gonna put that in that big silver maple in the front yard for a while <laughs> yeah my wife will love that but uh yeah we're gonna put it up there and put a like a ladder up to it so the kids can camp in it and play in it yeah that'll be nice yeah about 14 feet off the ground in a tree <laughs> wow but uh, other than that, just, you know, getting ready for that big spring event, and then it'll be rolling. You know, it'll be Joe Nall, and, you know, it'll be summertime, and it'll be here and gone before you know it. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I got to make him, I gotta make my way down there, check out this tired iron, and also just, you know, get, we'll get, you get to some Southern of those events hosp- out there. Yeah. We'll show, show you some Southern hospitality. Yeah, for sure, sure. We'll take you over and give you a tour of the bunker on the side of the mountain over here. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we should have nice. talked about the bunker maybe another day. Sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Save that for next time. Yeah, man. Yeah. Definitely, George. Yeah. You can definitely have you back on the show. Yeah. And we'll talk about all that. Good deal. All right. Uh, I guess let's wrap it up. Yep. Wrap it up. So, we're going to leave all this wrap up stuff for, <laughs> for Kevin. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Gonna say, uh, let's do the wrap just, up we I, do know, when Kevin's not here. Okay, we're done. <laughs> Every time Kevin's not here, I just don't feel like, I don't know, I don't feel motivated to do that stuff. It's like, there's half the stuff he does, right? So it's like, you know, 
I can't take that away from him. You know how much joy it brings him to do the Facebook and website comments and and the people of Podbean. So, (laughs) So anyways. We we did have an email I wanted to read. Yeah, I mean, if you want to do a couple of quick things, we can do that. Which email is that? Mike's or the Yeah, there's one here that says, so good. Wow, that guy Mike is so great. He is friendly, trustworthy, and so damn good looking too. If I was a woman, I would seriously consider bearing him a child. He is so great. In fact, he is so great, I think the free fall guys should lend him money. No, wait, they should give him money. Yes, that's it. Give him lots and lots of money. Make sure you get the money over to Mike in time for the AMA Expo this weekend because I want to get the extreme flight, the 60 inch extreme flight before they sell out. Anonymous super duper fan. But the weird thing is, it looks like it come from a, a Mike D email address. So I don't know. Apparently, he has a super duper anonymous fan. Nice. Oh boy, I think Mike now got a stalker too. <laughs> uh, yep, awesome. he sounds like. like but yeah, All I just right. wanted to read that real quick. Cool. All right, so George, if someone has questions and wanted to kind of get in touch with you, maybe you know they're in your area and they, they never heard of Tired Iron Aviation, want to stop by, and you know, um, how would someone get in contact with you? Really, our Facebook group is probably the best place, or just mm-hmm. um, Tired Iron at TiredIronAviation.com. Yeah, just give me a yell. Check out our YouTube. It's under if, if you do a search for Tired Iron Aviation, you should find it. I think it may be under my GR Baker account. But, that's, um, that's George Baker. Yeah, maybe it does say George Baker on it. Mm-hmm. Check us out. We, uh, we'll treat you so many ways you're bound to like one of them. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, so drop us an iTunes review, and we'll read the review on the next episode. Email us at free4rc at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash free4rc podcast. Check out our webpage, free4rc podcast.show. Show. Yeah. Say hi to Chris Reibert. Hi, Chris. Uh, flight Test Forums, off-the-field audio and video production other than Flight Test Podcast. Free 4 Podcast sitting next to our friends, the FT Communicast. Pat Mack. Yep. Uh, let's see, rcheliehangouts.com forum on the RC Heli Hangouts main section, Podcast Corner, Free 4 Podcast sitting next to our friends, the RC Heli Hooligans Podcast. Walt Ned. Uh, let's see, we got the Full Pitch Podcast. Jimmy Jones. Telegram Podcast. Mm-hmm. Mike, Mike, and Rob. And then our fellow podcast in arms, we got BKRC podcast. Bert and Kyle. We got High Voltage. Bobby Watts. Uh, let's see, RC Roundtable. Fitz, Terry, and, and Lee. Lee. Yep. And th- is that it? Or is there more? I guess I that's, that's it. it. Yeah. RC After Hours. Gosh, I keep on forgetting. Yeah, why do we keep forgetting Chris. Him? Sorry, Chris. Chris, Mike, and Andre. Mike and Andre. Yeah, sorry, guys. Keep on doing that. We were just on their show like a couple months, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> um, uh-huh. You know, like, like, you know, flight tests are still doing their podcasts. You know, h- however, you know, sparing it is. You know, they, they're pretty much every other week or every week or something like that. Um, Communicast slow down a little bit, but they're still there. RC after hours, it's you know, still killing it. But like, what's up with the heli ones, man? What's up with? the hooligans i haven't seen or heard anything really from them anymore nope. um full pitch also full pitch yeah i mean telerotors slow down too but they're still at least putting one out every month or so but right. I, I don't know a lot of these are just starting to 
died out, and I know it's the winter time, but I don't know. Come on, guys. There's still a lot of shit to do, and and I know, I know. Sorry, I got to call you out. I mean, you know, Walt, you're you're in what is it, North Carolina, South Carolina? It's, yep. it's your weather isn't that bad. You're not up here in the Northeast where it's like you know we're gonna get freaking another yep. couple inches of snow tonight, tomorrow, whatever. You know. Well, beyond that, everyone in full pitch is in the South South. They're all in yeah. Texas or Florida, so they have no excuse. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Jimmy Jones. <laughs> Calling you out, buddy. Yeah. You know, Frank's in Florida. Uh, Scott's in Louisiana. Tex- yeah, Louisiana and Texas. Yep. Yeah. Come on. This is their prime. Maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe they're flying too much to have a- do the podcast. Because this yeah, is their I don't prime buy it. flying. Nah, I don't buy it. They were flying. They'd want to talk about it. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe. I don't buy it at all. Because, so you got no excuse. Get off yeah. your ass. Yeah. It's all fly, right. Fly I don't every mind. Day. <laughs> fly every day. Yeah, that's right, George. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't mind. All right. Well, thank you, George, for taking the time to come on the show, sharing your experiences and your story. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks Anytime. a lot, George. Yeah, great. Yeah, great talking with you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and also, thanks to, thanks to our listeners. We are Skies, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Yeah. Cool, man. Do a deal. Don't too long. Uh, no, no, that's fine. Yeah. What's it called again? Tire iron aviation, was it? Tire, tired. Tired. Like, yeah, tired iron. Tired iron. It's a mouthful. I can't hardly say it. Tired iron aviation. All right, I'm going to get George on the line here. If he picks up, great. I told him, I messaged him saying, if, you know, I just see the message. Give me one second. Throw some more wood on the fire. Throw a log on the fire.